Contract with Grey Death Legion. The mist shifted and swirled like ghostly snakes, and then they came from the mist like Grey Death. Samuel Rizzetti, 4th Sky Guards, 3056. You're listening to WolfNet Radio, the show that isn't hype, it's hot sauce. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew. Just got back from chopping Bloodbath Barons. Tonight, co-host this evening, Andrew loads for me, Minnow Crawl. Good evening, guys. Luke, the photo voice, Charles Gideon Dirks. Good evening, everyone. Thomas, I missed that smell, Silency Raven Kruger. Boom. Hey, how's it going? And Aaron, guess who I ran into at the bar, Coach Crawl. Boom, baby. Who, who doesn't run into Aaron at the bar? That's <laughs> probably that's probably a good. That's fair. That's, that's fair. That that's more accurate. That's where he is all the time. So big news. Uh, we had a lot of fun with the community uh, at uh, the Battle Barn. How do you feel it went, gentlemen? Oh man, uh, awesome. It's a beautiful <laughs> venue. Yeah. It's a fantastic venue. A lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. But it paid off. It was it was a good time. You know, after jumping off the interstate and a couple of highways, you end up in this lovely hilltop uh, timberline area with lots of trees and lots of curves and lots of very uh, picturesque areas. And then you run into this battle barn pole shed sticking out of nowhere and you park and you're just like look at the size of that house and then you go inside the pole barn and you're just like how many tables do you have of terrain for crying out loud yeah it it definitely is um like deliverance country like you're going down the road <laughs> you're like oh yep exactly and uh it's like trees really nice house trees really nice house trees lumberjack station trees and then battle barn so i can't um, i can't believe i didn't lose mirrors on my truck <laughs> <laughs> the freaking telephone how, poles how you, you, hear them, you hear them go by they're so close to the road that was totally new i mean here everything everything has to be set back so far because of the snow there it's right there yeah so for those of you who have never been to the battle barn um it's basically uh an amazing place this guy uh, ryan has a shed next to his house and it's dedicated and nothing but shed uh, sorry it's a garage but um with the things he has it's a shed he would say that yeah it's a it's a (laughs) freaking man cave is what it is like it's like Arnold. I'm going to go get the rifle from my shed. <laughs> but uh, we went there last year um, when there was no Gen Con. Had a great time. Uh, he was gracious enough to invite us back when there was a Gen Con. But it for the only one that went, it was not Gen Con. It, it did not feel like Gen Con. Well, I mean, uh, we'll get into it later, but. Um, it was an it was an awesome place to hold a BattleTech event, and uh, I think we 
did a pretty good job. Although, like Andrew said, it was a lot of work. It was, it was a, a long work. week. Best. It was a long week. Best. I think the numbers overall, we ended up with a steady stream of at least 20 people per day that we were keeping track. And uh, maybe a handful of them would come and go. But um, we would have at least, you know, 12 solid and five or six that would show up new. Yeah. And it was awesome. I mean, with all the events that we scheduled throughout the week, I mean, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, we had plenty of people there to do all of it. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of battle tech. It was a lot of battle tech. But, so what did you see at Gen Con? Oh, uh, okay. We can go into this. Um, so I was the only one that kept my badge for 2021. I, it moved from 2020 to 2021. And I told the guys, you know, I know we had this huge long weekend, but it says, I miss Gen Con so much. I'm going. I don't care if it's capped at 30,000 and there's masks and there's social <laughs> social distancing, as I'm, as I'm using my air quotes there. Um, so I went. Thursday, um, got there at about 9.30. It was weird because usually by 9.30, the doors open at 10. 9.30, the whole concourse is just full of people. I mean, it is probably two to 3,000 people. Uh, maybe not that. Maybe 1,000 people just jam-packed in the main corridor. And this year, I mean, maybe 300 people. And I might be off on my numbers, but it was... It was not what we're usually what I'm usually accustomed to, but um, one of the big things was Catalyst was there, which huge shout out to Catalyst for being there. Um, I know it was a great weekend for them because normally you see nothing but uh, FFG bags and um, all the big the big product. I mean the really big guys, all their bags floating around. All you could see was Catalyst bags walking around everywhere. So. Um, that was, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> it was very weird because usually like everyone rushes and gets, gets in line for X-Wing this year. It was like rush, get in line for catalyst. Like I'm, that blew my mind. Like I was literally like running. I was like, Oh crap. I'm like 30th in line. This is, this sucks. And I was right there at the beginning. So it, it almost, I would say like everyone around me all went to the catalyst booth. So that was very, very, very cool. Um, they had, I didn't know they were going to have this there, but they had Tamar Rising, uh, the rule book there. They had, um, a man. Who's a good pack mule. Yeah, I, I was a good pack mule, wasn't I? I mean, I had to go back about three or four times, but, uh, <laughs> I called the guys at the battle barn and told them, I was like, Hey, they got Tamar Rising here. And Andrew's like, <gasps> who wants Tamar Rising? And like, I could just almost see the hands going up it was like one two three four five six <laughs> everybody's shoulders jerked out of their sockets <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sitting there like all i brought was my backpack <laughs> and uh he's like okay we need uh six tomorrow risings and what else they got there and i was like oh, so i had to go down the list and they had the mega mat which is not called the mega mat anymore because it's it's an unseen mat due to uh, Chessex, due to Chessex uh, copyright material. But uh, I have a funnier story about that when we get into uh, my meeting have, of the minds. I'm having huge buyer's remorse on that now. <laughs> so always check your references. So anyway, they had that there. They had a great uh, diorama, or not? Di yeah, they had a. <laughs> 
they had a great it's like they killed a brown bear or, or like a yeti and skinned it and that's what they used as their their big model with all the models on it they weren't painted but it was still really cool to see all the models out there um i missed it the first time but the annihilator was on the board and um for those of you who, shag carpet it, it was a shag carpet it was it was so <laughs> cool i, I tried awesome. to try to find out apparently that's all randall uh it, that's all him so i gotta find out where he got that from but um they had the leather-bound books by the authors. Um, they had uh, the Tukiad battle bits from Creative Juggernaut, which were very cool. Um, basically, uh, I believe we pretty much fostered that entire idea, so uh, you're welcome, Brent Blaine. Um, apparently, those all sold out. Well, we did, didn't we? Like, what are you doing with all the extra pieces? Fucking sell them. Um, not a lot. Not a lot other than that. They had no Wave 2 stuff. Uh, they only had, like, the the Clan Heavy Star and the Intersphere Legends box sets or whatever like that. Um, so it was a it was a pretty light. But Tomorrow Rising was a was a awesome. That was cool. I didn't know they had that there. Um, so yeah, I was the pack mule and I got a bunch of that. Then I decided to go over to Iron Winds, and then I realized my pack mule days aren't done there. So I had to go back there about four or five times. Throughout the whole process, uh, saw Seneca about 400 times because we both had to keep going back to Ironwinds, which is funny. Um, met a bunch of bunch of people um, with the masks on. You couldn't really tell who was who. Uh, ended up having a half an hour conversation with Kevin <laughs> Kevin Witt's dad, <laughs> not even knowing who he was. And we got into like the Alpha Strike Battletech conversation. <laughs> He's like, yeah, my son's kind of getting into that Alpha Strike thing, but I don't really know. I'm like, oh, well, you know, to each his own. And then I get out of line, and Kevin comes up. He's like, hey, talking to my dad? I'm like, ha, ah, sure, <laughs> whoever this guy is. And uh, so I had a good conversation with them, um, met a bunch of people, met, a, met some fans that recognized either the voice or, I mean, I did have a shirt that said coach on the back, so, um, so hi again to all all those people who listened um as gen the event hall was terrible it was like a ghost town everything was covered in plastic and everyone had to wear a mask and you couldn't hear anyone um like i don't know it just seemed it i would not have had i didn't sit down and play any games just because of that sheer fact of reasons because i didn't want to have to constantly ask people what are they saying can you can you pull it down because there was people all over the place like put your mask up put your mask up put your mask up and i was like i get it but there's also thirty thousand people here whatever i'm not going to get into that whole spiel but um i'm glad they did it i'm glad they took the precautions that they had to you know the masking and all this other they tried really hard to make it happen and i'm really happy they did um i actually got to walk the dealer hall three or four times which is I never have been able to do that because I'm always either in events or I'm always either going over here or I'm always doing this. That was really nice to me. I, f- I found a ton of cool games. Um, it seemed like everyone was trying to had a Black Black Friday sale going on because it was like, oh, you, you're gonna buy a game from us here. Have these games for like five dollars, and, and you end up with like thirty pounds of games. And you're like, pack meal. Yeah, pack meal. Got to see my good friend Padre and Patrick Patrick from the X-Wing world. Um, shout out to those guys right away at the beginning. Um, they run Sling Paint Games and uh, uh, 
recon specialist. I haven't seen I haven't seen Padre in like two and a half years, and he's had about six heart attacks since then. So I felt really glad to see him alive, <laughs> um, and I uh, got to see Patrick Patrick. And but that was about it. The X Wing the X Wing crowd was non-existent, at least on Thursday. I only went Thursday, so but um, but I'll save the end of the night for maybe a little later on. But uh, it was a good Gen Con for me. I, I had a good time for the one day I went. Just go to ahead. let everybody know. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it. No, it's a total segue. You go ahead. Oh, I was going to say is that Kala still has their Wave 2 stuff because I have not got my Wave 2 stuff yet. It would have been, oh, they made the right decision if they had Wave 2 stuff to not sell it because I... I can just see the entire community just go up in flames if they're selling it at Gen Con. And I haven't even got my stuff that I've been waiting for for two years, you know. It was it was a good play on their part. I mean, the Wave 1 stuff has been out. You could have had the chance to get it, so I didn't mind that. Um, it would have been pandemonium if they had Wave 2 stuff there. Like, I'd have just stole a shopping cart and just like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> We're going to max the credit card out today. <laughs> but it, I, they had enough good stuff there. Um, everyone, Like I said, everyone had a Catalyst bag. It was it was awesome to see. So have you guys had a chance to uh, dig into Tamar Rising? I'm about halfway through working, it. Working my way through it, yeah. Are you going to spoiler us? I mean... No. No, I'm not going to spoiler it, but I... Oh, man. I... Because, uh, like, Greek Fire, you know, I've seen him post in a few different places, like, oh, tomorrow is going to be awesome. You, you know, you guys, you guys can't wait. You know, like, you don't know what's coming. And I, I think he's right, um, 100%. It, it, is, it is incredibly dense. And my, like, my, the part that bums me out is all of my lore nerd friends online <laughs> don't have it. So then, so it's like, I know I'm missing probably 90% of this deep, deep, you know, like well thought out coordinated lore stuff. And I just catch the parts that I'm aware of. And it's like, oh, that's really cool that they did this and that and all the, but I know I'm, I gotta be missing like 90% of it. Um, Like, and just for those of you, there's photos of the map all over the place now, but the map in the back, I just, it's awesome. I can't uh, can't imagine the amount of work that went into that. But uh, overall, so far, I haven't finished it. But I, I've read all of the Kelhounds parts. <laughs> you went long. straight to the Kelhounds part. Come on, <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> not not a lie. Not a lie at all. Well, actually, the 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 intro story is about the Kelhounds. So I started yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. And then I jumped way. Yeah. Then I jumped into the middle. But it, it's excellent. Um, I think when it like hits wide release and goes PDF and stuff, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. Well, yeah. Along with, I, I've read up to where they have, they go into the individual people. So I've got most of the story and without giving spoilers it, what I love. And, and if you've listened to this podcast, we've had plenty of the people on, they go, I love the way they did the source book. Because that didn't go into super detail stuff. They told you what's happening. But you can just feel like 
there's going to be novels on each one of these parts, which is going to go in depth. That's what I loved about it. Cause you could tell like they hinted at like personal stories, like something's happening here. Ooh, this person is doing the, you know, they hinted at it and you know that there's going to be either a shrapnel story or a novella or a full fledged novel that's going to dive deeper into that stuff, which I like. I, I, I got the, this book was a very good cliff notes for what's happening. Um, you got enough information well, to get it. Let's let's hope. Let's hope that they write the stories. We're hoping and go into the level of detail that you're doing, but but if terms of opportunities for the fishbone and the yeah. tree diagram to but, but when you every direction when you read it, like there's certain sections that you can tell there's more thought put into this that they're not giving you. So I I just I don't know Charles if you got that feeling. Oh, totally. Yeah. That no, that there's there's something more that's gonna happen there, or you're gonna get the full story. Like statements of being open ended. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a lot of really good like plot hooks. So yes. I, yes. The, it, it's a lot of like they can either develop them into more stories, or even if it's just, uh, hey, I want to run my destiny campaign through Tamar. It, it gives you so much like so much interesting information but yet not ruin anything you can go any direction you want to with it so i i i well i think it'd be good for the role play systems but also i imagine there's probably going to be quite a few you know shrapnel stories and that sort of stuff where people go oh i need to i need to be able to tell what happened here somebody should so it's going to be me you know that's <laughs> yeah it i guess i, I the best way I can describe it is when you read what's there, you can tell in certain areas that there's more to the story than what they're giving to you and that they feel like they're it's going to come out eventually. Uh, but there's a lot of plot hooks. Yeah, it's, it's uh, very, very... That whole area is just... Man, that is the... You know when who was it? Was it Brent or Blaine or somebody said it? Like thirty one fifty one is the time of mercenaries, and that whole area is just exactly what they're talking about. Like that is open for game. Contracts are flying all over the place. Um, the the Tamar pack, the Tamar Pact, and and the surrounding areas are just the Wild West, which is awesome. I think I think BattleTech needed that. So. I uh I've read a little bit of it so far. I read the back uh rats and then uh I've got through about uh, a chapter and then uh me and my my ways were like you, you know they really need to make source books and the audiobooks. Oh my god. They're not going to do that. I can tell you that. They're not going to do source books as audiobooks. But that's what I'm thinking. They really need <laughs> you. Hey, audiobooks. I will tell you this, Tommy. You are, you have been the proponent for audiobooks ever since this podcast started three some years ago, and look what's happening. They're putting more audiobooks out. Yeah, you know, and and I'm very thankful for it. I I think it's all you, man. I think this whole this whole production line of audiobooks is somebody had that catalyst is like Tommy. Wants his audiobooks. Let's get him fucking audiobooks. They're they're probably like you know 
we'll get him audiobooks, but we'll uh, we'll keep his wave two till twenty twenty two. I think that's how it is. Funny story about the audiobooks is Tommy and was on on the drive up there. He's like, okay, what audiobooks are we gonna listen to? And uh, you didn't listen to a damn one, did you? Well, yes, no, did. we yes, did. did. Oh, all right. We, all right. But the thing was, is he's like, okay, since nobody's answering me on which audiobook we want to listen to, he narrowed it down to two books. And it was uh, Bonfire Worlds and Embers of War. <laughs> Embers of War. And I was like, Bonfire Worlds. I don't think I've read that one yet. And it wasn't until about two hours into the car ride, I'm like, I think I read this book already. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> that was the funny part. Because I asked, like, did you read this already? Yeah, I think I did. We, okay, well, I think we hit Peoria, and I was like, sorry, Tommy, but I think I read this one. <laughs> yeah, it don't bug me any bit. I mean, it was a good book. It was a good it, book. Yeah. and so, um, we, so we totally ruined it for Tommy. <laughs> no, it's I didn't right. ruin nothing. We did. But I. <laughs> And I'm remiss to know who did the audio version, but he did a great job. Uh, I was, I was uh, thoroughly impressed with the audio version of that book. I did notice uh, that I saw on the interwebs uh, a new GDL book by the same guy that did the original GDL. William Keith. William Keith. Yep. Uh, Rock and a hard place. place. I'm currently reading. Jinx. That one, two, three. You owe me a Coke. It's in the mail. <laughs> Well, I'm currently reading that, and it's awesome. Even if there are errors. Is there an awesome in there, too? Uh, Wouldn't uh, be worth a shit if it wasn't. Anyway. Uh, no, yeah, William Mitch Keith brought him back, wrote a new book. Uh, I have not dived into that one yet, so I, I can't speak to it at all. But um, it's great as Legion in 3025 or something like that, isn't it? The storyline is fabulous. How Absolutely. Can you, how fabulous. can you go wrong? I, I would love to be like a character in this book because there's so many new cool things to see that yeah, were lost. This is set. This is set. Uh, just like I think within months of uh, Price of uh, Price of Glory. So, oh wow! Yeah, like it is crammed right in there. So I'm. Uh, I have. N- I also have not even started reading it. I've. I haven't even finished tomorrow, so... Like I said, I'm trying to finish tomorrow first. Yeah, there's so much. So much to read. Like, I have never... It's the weird... The weird... What's the word I'm looking for? Can't think of it. Nostalgia? No. Conundrum? Of so much awesome fiction coming out? Juxtaposition. Ah. That's what the word I'm looking for. Um, Because when, when I was young... I couldn't afford the Battletech stuff, so I had to be very selective about what I got. So it was this very, like, deliberate, you know, like, what can I buy? Now it's, I can afford to buy the stuff, but I don't have the time to be able to enjoy it <laughs> like I did then. Like, back then, I, I could read a TRO for, like, 50 hours, you know, just over and over and over. And now I'm like... Oh man, what what product am I going to break out? Because they've come out with so much stuff in the last few months, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's almost yeah, like we should. It's almost like we should tell kettles to like slow down a little bit. No, no, no. <laughs> go to sleep. Go to sleep. They, they don't have to slow down. All they have to do is start 
creating audiobooks, which takes more time. Yeah. Tommy and his audiobooks. Um, anyway, moving along. One more thing they did mention uh, that I don't think anyone knew about was the Wolf's Dragoon Assault Pack. Well, there was a little story behind that. So they had a, a con-level event that, for those that backed at the Kickstarter level of con, they had a little convention, if you will, or a get-together, and that was released to them. And I don't know if it was actually supposed to be released to the public or not. I mean, maybe it was smart marketing by Catalyst. I don't I don't know, but... Um, yeah, Dragoon Pack, Barnes and Noble. It's going to be awesome. How it's... many people have already ordered? <laughs> enough that I think it's out of stock already. <laughs> me, 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 me. Well, yeah, well enough the... that Barnes and Noble is going to start carrying a lot more BattleTech yeah. stuff. I think it's exactly where it's exactly where I was going to go to. Is Kickstarter is... stuff? <laughs> yeah, because everybody would be... everybody you will talk to is like, I need more Kickstarter stuff. I need more Kickstarter stuff. Where can I find more Kickstarters? Where can I get another box? Like, yep keep making it because people keep wanting it there's more and more community coming to us yeah nobody ordered enough i can tell you that me personally right here did not order enough i got my way to stuff and i'm like oh it's such a small package <laughs> yeah no, i know so... that's what she said yes no, well, so... that's what my wife said exactly because she's like i i built her up i was like hey just let you know FedEx might show up and there might be a big package on the door and she's like, are you talking about this little thing right here? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such a little guy. Oh. It's just a little guy. That's awesome. So, <laughs> No, but but so the, uh, the, the Dragoon's Assault Pack includes the Annihilator, right? It has new variants of Blackjack and Archer. That's crazy. And the Rifleman, right? New repos. Well, I think it's a repose of the yeah. rifleman. Yeah. New new uh, variants so, before finishing the line is interesting. It was a new it was a repose of the Mad Cat. The blackjack yes. was new. Um the Annihilator was new. And then you get the rifleman, Archer, and what is it? Archer, Mad Cat, Annihilator, Blackjack, and Rifleman. There you go. Right. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. When, and because I believe it said that the Archer is a new variant, so I'm wondering, is that going to be like a 2W then? Has to be. 5W. Right? 5W, probably. 5W? Or what? One of the Ws. One of the Ws. Not not word of Blake W. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but I can tell you, that Annihilator is a chunky boy. <laughs> he is... I, I don't know where I saw it, but it was a great meme of like uh, the Annihilator and then a guy with a beer gut. And I was like, yep, that's that's pretty much, he's, he's a big boy. How does he look, Tommy? Mm. <laughs> I don't remember what I said before. Is that like, mm, while you're rubbing your beer gut and poking your hole in your belly button kind of, mm, or? Beefy. Beefy. Uh, yeah, uh, I was kind of Buddha. Uh, doing the buddha huh? doing the buddha yeah that, that's the annihilator is definitely buddha buddha beefy who's who's slower the annihilator or the urban mech annihilator annihilator it's like, it's it's like jump. not by baby, much baby steps baby steps beer gut not by much 
Maybe they should make a uh, a plushy uh, annihilator. Now, see, I would buy. There it. you go. Because it would have to be like a full size body annihilator. I fully take my my body. I fully take my, my idea guy hat off and pass it to you, Tommy. An annihilator plushie. Now that's a product I can get behind. Or a flea. <laughs> no. The annihilator. Rip the leg off in a heartbeat. I think uh, Annihilator would be better just because I don't like Urban Max. And I could get crucified for saying that, supposedly. (laughs) You're not alone, man. You're not alone. So, Battle Barn details. How did Arrival and Setup go? I was not there. (laughs) We didn't completely pack You are correct. I'm going to go get another drink while this this one happens. (laughs) I thought the pack went all right. I mean, setting up probably took a good two hours. I don't know. How how long were you there before us, Andrew? I think you set up the night before, didn't you? Yeah, I had everything set up the night before. Um, me? Uh, I had to make cuts on packing. Uh, I didn't get a... I didn't bring everything with that I wanted to bring with because we just had I just had too much stuff. Um, that was a lot of stuff. All the things that needed to get there got there, and I think people enjoyed playing on the different boards that we were able to put together. So call it a success. I do agree with that. You didn't even have to strap your kids to the luggage rack. That was good. <laughs> Uh, they complained the whole way though because there was stuff in between their seats and between their legs because we we had to pack forward and they weren't happy about that. But to the gills, such is life. You're telling me the kids were complaining that they had to be separated from each other. Ooh, because uh. <laughs> that that's doesn't funny. make sense. That's funny. And that's instead funny. of like, instead of like. Stop touching me. Stop touching me. It's like, Playmat's touching me. Playmat's touching me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so you guys oh, did it, uh, You guys did two kid. Yeah, we had uh, two games of two kid. Um, the Smoke Jaguars. Uh, we had the Ricey Delta and the Dinju Mountains. And uh, the biggest takeaway that I got from the entire event is time slots. <laughs> uh, we unfortunately due to it's probably the only drawback of the battle barn is its location and food. Um, India, Indiana, like everywhere is having a bit of a shortage on people and being able to provide service or, or work and food shut down early on Thursday night, I think like at eight or nine o'clock actually. So we had to cut things short so that we could get food and that kind of dampened um, the events a little bit. I, I have heard from a couple of different people that they really wished that they would have been able to play the play the games out because they wanted to see how, how it would have played out. And I, I feel bad that we didn't get a chance to do that. Um, so that, that was my biggest takeaway from the weekend is, is um, 
time slot. Start at 12.30, 1 o'clock and provide supper so that people don't have to go someplace. <laughs> well, the nice thing is, is if it was a real Gen Con, they would have just, they would have been able to leave the line and go get food and then come back, you know, or have somebody go well, get food real quick. The interesting thing that I heard um, from the demo agents at, that were at Gen Con was normally for like um, the Solaris um, championship and the grinder tables and some of the things that run throughout the long, long running events. Um, people would show up and plop down and basically be there for the day. Um, with the restrictions in place at Gen Con, you were not able to eat at the tables. So good news, bad news, right? So people were cycling in and out for all the Catalyst games, which sounds like they had uh, a decent turnout. They had a lot of unique in uh, people showing Unique meaning multiple individuals, not character unique. Um, a lot of unique visits in which got the game introduced to a lot more people. So um, the word from Catalyst and the demo team group is is that it was um, as successful as it could be given the situation. So, and I'll jump onto that. Uh, Catalyst was really the only big name there. Other than a couple of other guys, um, the Catalyst booth was the place to go. And that helps drive people to the demo team. I mean, they, they go and they pick up a pack and they're like, oh, what is this? And, you know, everyone else is here. Oh, there's a big line. I should probably go get something from there. Uh, then they head over. So I think I think that them being there, especially with the year Battletech having this year and last year, um, it was a bummer they couldn't have the events that they usually have, but I, I expected them. To, it was very limited Thursday, but that's because everyone was in the vendor hall. Um, I heard, like we all heard, Friday, Saturday were big days for them. So I think it was because Catalyst had a was one of the big names there and had product and, and did a good job. So then going chronologically, because one to Andrew, I just want to say that was a lot of foam. I was over on the Dinju Mountain map, <laughs> and that's a lot of foam. Because <laughs> that... uh, the, the terrain took a lot of effort to get built. Um, How many pieces of foam was that? Do you remember? Uh, that was two four by eight sheets. He, he he counts up to eighty and then starts to cry, so he's never <laughs> finished counting them all. Well, one of the big things, if I remember, if I remember right, it was. 64 one inch or i'm sorry one foot by one foot squares that were cut down into the various different sizes and you did that for a reason didn't you well so the initial way that i built it was is i laid i i pulled the porzu mountain um hex map out and something to consider when you look at the pictures of both the two kid maps is the terrain features that were on those maps is actually less than what's on the paper map. So there was a lot of terrain stuff on each of the tables, and that wasn't even 60%, 70%. 
70% of the terrain features that were on the printed hex maps that I based each of the maps off of. Um, when I was building the Dinju Mountain piece, um, I roughed it in. I stacked all the, I cut all the squares to give me the contours and the things that I thought we were going to want to have. And I called a couple of buddies over um, and said, all right, how do I make this board be modular? I didn't want to build, I don't want to go through all the work and just have the board be this specific board. And we started moving pieces around, trying to figure out how the contours would line up so it would look appropriate. And uh, Max said, leave it square. Just round the corners off and, and do the edging like we've done in all of our videos and leave it square. And then it's totally modular. And I was like, God, I don't know how that's going to look. Well, we mocked up a small hill and I was like, shit, that's not bad. I mean, it could be better, but that's not bad given that I have a boatload of terrain now that we can yeah. reuse to do basically whatever we want. And the nice thing about it is, is that, you know, it started off in one foot, one foot by one foot squares, and then that got cut in half, and then that got cut in half, and those were the basic shapes. Um, the... It, we could cut, you know, you can cut new new squares and put a different color on if you wanted to add, you know, you're so high up that you're getting into snow or something like that. Um, and you could do negative elevation too if you wanted by making one foot by one foot squares and, and cutting holes for lakes, ponds, and that kind of thing. So um, in the end, I think it was worth the effort. And it was very straightforward to do. Of course, I have the procs on and I went and bought a a, <laughs> a fence paint sprayer um, to paint everything so there was there was a few things that I had to go buy to, to, to get it to go and I had to bribe two good friends to come over and help put the edge on as much of the terrain as we possibly could in one weekend and at the end of the day we got it all done and it was it turned out okay okay enough I, I okay think enough. I thought that was the way to go, the modular, because now you can run, now you can mix and match it however you want on big games and stuff like that. You go to the source, and you're just like, all right, let's build some crazy stuff, you know, and and go nuts. And it, and it looked good. I thought it looked great. Um, I mean, it's oh, not... Thank you. It's not like camo specs, like... But, but I, I, for what you were trying to go for, and to not just be like, okay, here's my dinju mountain set and the only way i can use this is the dinju mountain set you know i thought that was a way better way to go so i, I do agree with that it's I like mean, the omni board omni board <laughs> well that that and um, i hope <laughs> i i don't know <laughs> I, trademark the thing the biggest takeaway the biggest takeaway that i hope that the terrain showed was is that given a little time it's not difficult to build your own terrain and make it be modular enough to use. So hopefully some people start making some terrain because the boards look a hundred times better with terrain on the table than a flat hexed map sheet, in my opinion. Yes, but, 100%. Or um, a flat green felt map. 
Thursday also I had don't... grinders. Uh, so Max brought a Max brought a grinder set that he had running all weekend. Uh, well, Thursday and Friday we had him close it down Friday night because we were going to have the tournament on Saturday. Um, we were going to do the cadet. Matt was going to run a, the cadet deal Thursday morning, and once we got there, it occurred to us once we were there that. Most of the people that we were going to have showing up weren't newbie Alpha Strike players. Um, so we went to some open 350 gaming and that kind of thing. So we didn't run the cadet set to the cadet game like we wanted to just because we, I didn't think through that and the people that were going to be there. So I heard wasting people's time with something basic. We let people do. Some 350 games. I remember seeing a Charles versus Tommy 350 match. I never found out the outcome of that. Bueller? It's a secret. It's a, it's a secret. <laughs> so. Is it a secret Charles, that you was... beat in your first 350, you beat Tommy so bad? Or did you get beat so bad that you, you're just like, meh. Or lips are sealed, uh, the keys thrown away. and We had to get Gideon updated with some more games and practice for the tournament ah a little practice i was gonna say gideon this was your first real playing of 350 how many games did you get in over the weekend oh geez um four five six uh, eight, eight wow only eight because we played five on saturday four yeah that was four right four four sorry, rounds. We only played yeah. four. four and then i played bloodbath played Tommy played. Um, oh, played Did you the play multiplayer. No. Did you play my daughter? No. no. She's too scary to play. She is yeah. too scary to play. Yeah. Hey, no, and, and Gideon's defense. Nobody uh, messes Gideon's with the cyclone. Gideon's defense. He's like, each time he's like, I really need to play cyclone. I really need. She's been asking all day. Everybody needs to play cyclone because she uh, will destroy you. Yeah, but, uh, she was. Yeah. Man, we got done with the tournament, and she was asking for more for more rounds. I was like, "God damn, girl!" <laughs> she was just getting warmed up. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. We need we need a bunch of kids to start playing with that enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Well, enthusiasm. Not not only that, but probably the one of the highlights of the entire weekend was um, I don't even remember who she was sitting with. Um, but she was like sitting down with people and saying like, Hey, you know what? Like, you know, she wasn't like tooting her own horn or anything, but she was, you know, she's, she's got experience. She's, she's destroyed people. People know this. And <laughs> she was like sitting down and like going through like, Hey, maybe if you would have done this, you would, you know, you would have gotten your modifier, you know, like just totally breaking it down for people. And I'm like, that is, that's, that, that, that's the kind of ambassador that 350 needs. So she needs to start I, I, doing some online lessons or something. I've been I've been telling the kids too because I mean it's it's something that happens in what I do for a living as well as as soon as you can explain or teach someone what it is that you're doing, you start to have a better understanding and concept of what you're doing. So I've I've been trying to encourage the kids to speak up, right? I mean, 
for 15 and 13, they have a lot of games under their belt. And you have a reason to say something, um, especially Zena, because I, I don't know what she does, but she's ruthless. And it's fun to, it's fun as a dad to watch her play and watch people just go at the end of the game, kind of blankly looking at the table going, how did it go so bad so fast? Because <laughs> <laughs> your place goes bare. So, well, here's the thing. I'm I'm suggesting a change here because her, her call sign is Cyclone. And it's really easy for me to get her a shirt that says Cyclone, but it's going to be red and cardinal, or it's going to be cardinal and gold. Now, the two cardinal and gold that come to mind are Hell's Horses. And fireman roll, I think, are cardinal gold. So I think I think Brute needs to put a little pressure on Cyclone to kind of maybe make the jump. Maybe a horse leap. <laughs> then she, and she's gonna have to run more vehicles, and I don't know how happy she'll be about that. So well, she she despises she despises being Brute. <laughs> I can't figure out how to beat him. It's broaden the horizon, baby. Anyway, <laughs> my little two cents. But, um, but yeah, what university I, I, would games. be Goat's Bear Colors? Hmm? What university That's would a lot be Goat's Bear Colors? It's good. Oh, Dallas Cowboys are the Ghost Bear Colors. Yeah. That's true. Blue and, blue and gray. Blue, gray, and, and white. That's silver. And silver. Well, that's, that's all Ghost Bear. It, it's, all, it's all some level of blue. You can have you can have the bears. You can have the bears for ghost bears. Would Penn State be the first large? The first large resin model was all black, and it had orange and yellow checkerboard. So, (laughs) Um, but but yeah, no, I had I had eight games going back to yeah, I think eight, Um, and I found out. Um, just like, you know, has been talked about so many times on here. Um, you find out on the table things that like in your head didn't make sense or did, but my fun list was way more effective than my, what I thought was going to be my competitive list. So I agree with that. I was, I was wondering how you were going to go into this weekend because you've heard us and talked to us. I mean, you're involved in the process of the whole 350 thing yet have not had any games and it was i was wondering like and i you know what i mentioned i can't remember who i mentioned this to i think i mentioned to andrew i was just, the one thing about the 350 is i love the fact that our game that our rules have the it looks good on paper but the tabletop could be completely different i i just i just sent in clan that the list that i sent you earlier this week and it's exactly i've been I've been trying really, really hard. I haven't been able to put together what I consider a feel-good Dragoon list. And I think I'm getting... I feel really good about the one that I just sent. And that was the comment that I made to Aaron. I was like, it looks good on paper. I'm not going to really know until I get a chance to roll some dice with it and put some combinations together. And Aaron made that comment about how you can envision what you think is going to happen. But until you've gotten three or four games in, um, playing against various different people and different lists, you're, you're really not going to get a good feel for it. 
Well, after um, I played Luke with my Jade Falcon list, and then I kept on watching his games, and I was like, <laughs> I think you should run your uh, GDL list. Or your, uh, yeah, your yeah, GDL yeah, my, list. Great Death Legion. Yeah, Great Death was, yeah. Instead of your RO Rots. Rots. Republic yeah. of the Sphere. Hey, yeah. I can no, Rashi. Yeah, no, it, 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 and it was, um, and I know too, like, it, it's different. I was playing, um, you guys in fun games, not necessarily, you know, like hard, like trying to win. Um, but I had so much more in the Grey Death list that I didn't have in the Republic of the Sphere list. So, I, I mean, all in all, it proved what we already knew that Grey Death is superior to Republic of the Sphere. So. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but I, I will say for, and kind of jumping ahead a little to the tournament, but finishing, I mean, I, I finished third from last, which not terribly proud of, but I was two good rolls <laughs> away from ninth place um, because my, my first game ended on one pip. If I would have gotten one more pip of damage, I would have won. Um, so that, that was super exciting, Sharn. That, that was a very exciting ending. <laughs> Um, and if I would have won that, I would have been in ninth place. And also I was running a completely strict faction era specific list. So I'm not going to, I can't really argue with that. And we'll go, we'll go more into that when we get to Saturday, but I, I do have a, put a pin in that, uh, faction era list creation because I, I had some interesting thoughts on that, but I don't think we had anything Thursday night that was crazy. No. No, we had, well, that was the two kid games. Okay. So then Friday, um, I think the first thing up was multiplayer. Yep. And so I had been trying to put together some rules, incorporating the 350, the scenarios, everything else, into basically a multiplayer game. Because I think one of the big things that we are lacking is like, hey, how many times do three people show up to a game? And you're like... Okay, well, you sit out and we'll play, or and then we'll switch, kind of a thing. Well, I wanted to be able to to put the idea together to be like, okay, two versus one, or two v two, or three v two, three v three, whatever. There's no sense having an odd person out, right? When we can all have fun. So I started uh, putting together kind of a loose knit set of rules that incorporates all the scenarios into a giant you know a big game and we ran that um we had a 2v2 match that i think we streamed oh maybe we didn't stream that i don't know we streamed that one yeah we did yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. it was you and um matthew matthew versus uh uh wyatt Wyatt and um, mario no tommy 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 so that was our 2v2 match, and we had a 3v3 on the other table. And um, I don't know what it is with me in multiplayer, but I always seem to run in a multiplayer event right in the middle of lunch. <laughs> so food shows up, and everyone's like, nope, we're gonna, we got to go. Because <laughs> everyone was kind of hungry. Again, time slots. Time slots, yes. That was, that was the big takeaway from the whole weekend. And this time, Ryan plus... I was helping out with oh, the food man. price. Um, oh, that chicken was awesome. 
Ryan picked out a really really awesome place to order from, and he was generous enough to go pick it up for us, and we just, you know, paid for it, and we had a great, awesome lunch. I wish I could remember the place, and we'd give him a shout-out, but uh, there's a place in Martinsville. Sergeant Chicken. Sergeant Chicken. Sergeant there you go. Chicken. Sergeant Chicken. Big shout-out to them. If you have a chance to eat their chicken, do that. Uh, Sarge says fry it up. If you don't like spicy, don't get the spicy, because yeah, it's spicy, but... I can see where people who like spicy would get the spicy. I think we had, what, majority of spicy? Over half? Oh, it was yeah. half and half, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, a lot of... I'm glad we got the two games in because there was a lot of input on the multiplayer. A lot of people liked it. It was just... There's some things that need to be changed about it. I don't think incorporating all the scenarios into it is a good idea because there's a lot going on. Um, we're thinking about switching it up to just an all domination point kind of a thing. And you get more points for the, the further you go into your enemy's, uh, camp. But, um, a lot of good, a lot of good feedback. It was a lot of fun. I think, um, I think everyone enjoyed it. The two V two, I think is the definitely way to go. Uh, three V three can get kind of messy. So, uh, you put that oh, many. I don't know. I don't know if I'd say that it can get messy. It just, um, the people at that table, um, got very chatty. Yes, and but that happens when you have six people at a table, and it's like, you know, the rules aren't set, and it's a it's a playing game. So a lot of things are going back and forth, and there's a lot of discussion, and and it's hard to keep. Uh, the other thing is I put a time limit to it, and to tell you the truth, I don't think there should be a time limit to it. I think it should just be first to however many points wins. So, um, but it's definitely a thing. It was a lot of. I think it was a lot of fun. You're able to use your 350 list that you brought to a tournament or that you're bringing around with you. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, hopefully, version 1.2 will have some better rules for the 350 in the back end. So, um, but yeah, I know our game was really fun. Your uh, game. Yeah. The, the stream game was a lot of fun. Um, uh, Charles, yeah, that does not die. <laughs> you cannot kill that, which is already dead. <laughs> His dasher didn't die. My wolf and C didn't die. Um, both Charles, things and are I hard to hit. Our, Charles and I both brought our, uh, infantry all of our infantry so it was a lot of uh um initiative sync going on yes yes so, so check it out on youtube it's uh wnrp multiplayer 350 so go ahead check that out it was a good time uh I, we had a lot of fun uh but it it needs some work so we're gonna go forward and and kind of tweak that up a little bit so but um after the that next game oh bit, well we had a little 350 match between Mario and myself, but nobody needs to know about that, so we can just... <laughs> oh, yes, uh, we do. We can what just kind of shove Coach... that one. Well, uh... Coach performed so very, very well. <laughs> Details. Unfortunately, Details. Mario performed very, very, very well. So, Mario and I played a 350 game. Um, and Discord lit up for the stream. Like, people wow. were putting bets, Fucking and we're just like, ah! Third bet, let's just say third bet, best bet showed up. Let's let's just say that. Uh, the Discord blew up. YouTube blew up. <laughs> when um, when don't they? That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, 
Um, he brought his tier one list. I brought my tier one list, and we just wanted to just kind of go at it. Um, this also was a precursor for me to try to help set up the stream uh, and get an idea of, of my three camera setup that I'm using that uh, we've been able to uh, uh, put into effect now for our, our games that we're going to start streaming in the future. We've been, um, we've been getting so many questions on that already, too. Yeah. What yes. cameras do you use? Um, what angles are you using? <laughs> did, you, did, you use a, did you use an angle finder? Hey, and, and I'll tell you what, it's not going to be a secret, guys. I, uh, Matt and Tommy and I are going to get together in some night and play a game. I'll take pictures of the setup that I have so everyone can start streaming like this. I'll, I'll include, uh, and I know I keep saying this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, to I'm first try to get the... The software, scenario, hardware. yeah, I need to get the scenario YouTube's up first. Then I'll I'll uh, I'll put a full write up of of how to set up a BattleTech stream that we did during the 350 tournament. But um, back to the game, um, I thought my list would do very well against Mario's list. Um, turns out it did not. I missed on a couple of artillery strikes, and uh, that's what happens when you bring artillery versus uh, a blitz list. Uh, if you don't hit, like they're going to be on you in two seconds. So, um, yeah, I got my effective ass handed to me. Uh, pretty, it's not good when you got to go back to back with a Marauder two C and a Warhammer two C. The game is not going in your favor when you have to do that. <laughs> Would you say that was a little RNG? Um, no, I would say I, if you go back and watch the video, I put my assaults, which are supposed to be my goalkeepers for my valleys, I put them too far ahead. And so when they swarmed up, my assaults couldn't turn around and shoot them. Overstretched. And they had, they had a clear shot at my valleys and it was, it was a bad move on my part. It was, it was, and that was two turns into the game and I, I just had a bad I had a bad move, and I should have seen that. I should have paid attention to his cards more than I did, but I didn't. So, word to the wise, everyone. Look at your opponent's list more than just like, oh, that looks cool, and then just go back. Like, pay attention to the cards. See what they actually do. I still think Read my list cards. beats his, but in that game, I got my ass handed to me. Strategy and key placement mm -hmm. is a huge benefit. And but here's the thing too, we'd also discovered, and we've been saying it for years already. Making mistakes is okay. It, it helps you become a better player. If you don't make mistakes, you're not willing to learn, and we need to do that anyways. I I I can guarantee you right now that I am never going to make that mistake again. If I see that, you learn, you learn more from losing than you do from winning. Hundred um, percent. If I see a list similar to that. My goalkeepers are gonna keep those valleys right in front of them. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna edge whore the shit out of my assaults. <laughs> so, uh, no, and yeah, I learned a lot from that game, um, and I'll take it moving forward. So, and then Friday night, we had a pretty Good. awesome thing happen. Good classic, the six K. Uh, nope. Before that, a certain somebody decided to make the trek down to the Battle Barn. Oh, yeah. 
to oh, teach to teach you schlubs how to paint. He taught you how oh, to that's paint right. too. We had uh, Kevin Witt bless us with his presence as Brushido. Brushido. Demonstrational teaching uh, airbrush and painting techniques with the entire group that was uh, able to show up. And plus, his dad was there to help too. Set up, very cool. Yeah, yeah it it was very cool. Like, and needless, I was needless to say, thank God we recorded that because uh, everyone can view and learn from from it. Yeah, it was, and that's well, my bad. Because I went back and watched it, and while we got a majority of it, I don't know what's wrong with my DSLR, but it's just not focusing like it should. That should have been crisp and clear. And Matt, not your fault at all. Uh, it it just wouldn't capture the way it was supposed to. It, so. it, it's not the I mean, the auto wouldn't. You just had to manually try and get mm -hmm. it. But, you know, how do you... How do you try and focus in on a hand that keeps moving? But a majority of it, you got what he was trying to teach. I mean, you understood what he was trying to teach you. And, um, uh, yeah, next time we do that, we'll be more prepared. But uh, if you go, definitely watch it because it is still worth uh, uh, seeing what he can do with oil paints and, and a little freaking piece of sponge or something like that it it was amazing and he described it so well mm -hmm. with audio mm -hmm. that you can follow along just fine and you can see if you get your appropriate changes in your painting of what you're trying to do you're, you're set yeah when i've always because uh b1b flyer's been putting out more videos with oil paints um and it, it's kind of been a thing in mini painting that i feel like has been been becoming more and more prevalent especially in battletech uh minis but um i've always i've always been like i don't want to even get into that stuff that's just going to be a pain because there there are there's multiple ways of going about with oils and the the my first exposure to it was the people who would just like douse stuff in oil and then dab it away with mineral spirits and i'm like that is way more work that's way more mess i don't want to i don't even want to get into this but having Bershido come and just say, no, it's literally this simple. And this is what it does for you over using your acrylic paints was, I mean, it was mind blowing being able to play with the, the dry brush and the edges for minutes and minutes after you get the paint on there and not having to try to race and, you know, like make mistakes or get too much on and then you can't take it off because it's acrylic, you know, like it was, it was just mind blowing the the flexibility, and now and now I get it. I get it now, Bushido. You have shown me the way. When when we started giggling to each other, that you kept shaking your head when you were listening, and I was like, I get it. Dirks is just like, I've been doing it all wrong. He just, <laughs> he just shakes his head. I'm just sitting there laughing, and Bushido's like, What are you laughing at? I'm like, No, no, it's not you. We're we're laughing because we've been doing it all wrong this whole time. And what, we're so happy, but we're just like we're silly. We just been we've been yeah, doing but, all this work for nothing, and we right. just you just showed us this simple way of like, God, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, and it's like not necessarily wrong, but it's just a better way. Like it just it's more flexible. It's it gives you more more time. It's less 
um, less punishing of errors, you know, like, and it's just like, and now I get it and I've been wasting hours and hours trying to do these like, you know, stupid, perfect, silky blends, which I mean, yeah, they're, they're still awesome. But if I, I don't need to do that on every single mini I paint. And that's the, the, the trap I fall into is I try to do that on everything. And instead of painting a 350, I end up with like one good mini <laughs> and then a bunch of other stuff that has paint on it because I didn't have time. So I'm looking forward to getting myself some, uh, what was it? Uh, MIG, MIG oil pens or whatever. I think that MIG was the ammo, MIG, MIG ammo oils. There we go. Yeah. So going to have to get me some of those. They're from Spain though, or something like that. So. Yep. Might take some doing, but that was awesome. It was like stop overeating on all this oil. Just stick to the skinny. You're good. My my one downfall is I didn't have a, a crowd camera to just have like everyone's faces. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's Gaping so easy. <laughs> well, I uh, I had some. I had more than one Mac there uh i had some i was trying to well i was practicing painting uh just because i was trying to get used to painting with some of matt's max that he had extra and spares and stuff and it it took me about three hours to do a wet blend on one of matt's max and it took me five minutes to do the same thing on a different mac with rashido's way five minutes compared to three hours even um, even Wyatt even painted his first mech. Yeah. Yeah. And he enjoyed it a lot. No excuses now, Wyatt. No excuses. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was probably yeah. the biggest that was the biggest takeaway in my mind was how much easier oils allowed it allowed you to blend your panels and get highlights um it's so much easier and fast it, it wasn't difficult to do at all any it why it showed anyone can do it so um not saying that not to try and take anything away from Wyatt, but that was quite literally the first time that he really picked up a brush to paint a mech and he got really really cool results so and one last thing with with what kevin did he he forced people to use his airbrush. Like he's literally like, get over here, use the airbrush. Cause I know airbrushes are like, even to me, it's just like, ah, oh, it's too complicated. It's this, and you got to do all this. And then you just start spraying away and you're like, Oh, what am I doing? I was doing this. <laughs> Why would I ever base a miniature with, with brushes anymore? Like it just, yeah. One, I mean, the easiest thing with an airbrush is to just start basing your miniatures. Once you start basing your miniatures, like the last, the last time I used my airbrush, I was pushing um, contrast colors through to do blending, and it made it. I mean, you just you build up, just start basing, and then use it for your clear coats, and then just start trying new stuff, and it becomes an indispensable tool. Yeah, it was just. It was just great to. He's like, here, try it, and and I, I own. I, Andrew gave me one, and I still haven't bro- broken it out yet. But I guarantee you, this weekend I'm freaking breaking that bitch out, <laughs> and I'm gonna start painting. But it was, 
it was just nice to feel it in your hand, try it on a. Of course, he gives me a miniature that is like, don't fuck this one up because uh, I'm I'm painting this one for my next unit. And I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> and so I start going at it, and there's just nothing but water coming out, like water and a little bit of paint. And I'm like, is this supposed to look like this? He goes, nope. <laughs> nope i was like would it dry like this because it looks like he's coming out of the water that would look really cool and he's like yeah but that's not really what i'm going for i'm like well then don't give me a mac that you're trying to do so but anyway huge thanks to kevin for doing that that was that was a highlight of of friday oh 100 and and an excellent teacher yes did an excellent job presenting the idea yes but then uh, got it got to be, what, about 8, 8.30? And uh, I think we wrapped up Friday night with a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, we did. I mean, well, of course, of course you did. There was two parts of fun to that one. I don't know if we can discuss the other one. That might, Ryan yeah, might not, a, yeah, Ryan might not appreciate the other one. But the first one, we did 6K. 6K, yep. We, uh, I don't, how many people did six? Eight. We had eight to start out with. Eight people. Eight people to start off with. Um, uh, who won the, I think, coach won a a game? Uh, I won my first one. Um, yeah, I I, I don't know who all won, but, uh, I do know. Round one results are Sharn winning against Steve. Aaron winning against Bob. Suck it, Bob. Ben winning against Mario. And Tommy winning against Charles. You know, and Charles should have won that game. Uh, if he would have known the... I didn't know the scoring. The scoring. He would have definitely just killed my Turkina, So, And yeah. Bob Bob and I had uh, four mechs. I had two mechs and he had two mechs that did nothing but jump. So... <laughs> We literally just uh, jumped around each other the entire game. Nice. Yeah, not a lot of hits there. <laughs> well, Matt came over. He's like, okay, give me your sheets. I'm like, you just need the Marauder 2C because it's the only one that got hit. He's like, just give me all your sheets. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, when, when we set up like the judging capabilities and how we would prioritize that, we, we basically followed how um, Catalyst does their... Uh, uh, blood name. So if it comes to judges' call, past time, then you're going to look at um, uh, a lot of tilts. Because we had what? Um, you could take anywhere from one to five units, max only. And yep. then the priority was like number of kills, higher number of kills, you win. Or if we if it's a tie on no kills, then you go to number of uh, torsos open. Yep. And then critical hits, missing limbs, um, and then it was and pips. pips. It's just like, oh god, I don't want to count the pips. You guys, <sighs> you guys counted a lot of pips that night. Like, oh, fuck. like just give me your sheets. Like, no, you only have to worry about this. I'm like, I still have to verify. <laughs> They're both alive. They never got shot. Yeah, I think. Uh, and then in the second round, Sharn went uh, bowed out. So Luke, or uh, he yep. took his spot, and then. Yep. Um, I faced off with Coach. Yeah. Yep. Tommy versus Ben and Charles versus Aaron. Not fair. Well, it was nice to fill in. 
Whoever invented this stupid silver bullet gauze rifle BB gun <laughs> is fucking bullshit. Calling that out right now. I think yeah, I feel, uh, if you want to cluster around LB twenty X or an LB ten X, you 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 put an LB twenty or ten X with a cluster rod on there. You don't put a gauze rifle that shoots one point of damage to every location. Yeah, so, so for the listeners, I my my list was uh, I affectionately called it the DFA uh, <laughs> list because I just ripped off the uh, highest performing units I could find off the DFA website. Um, so <laughs> my, my, my yeah right my, my yeah it was kind of a test like you know like they, they put a lot of effort into the, this battleetics thing that they do and I'm gonna see how it does and. Um, the Phoenix Hawk, I don't remember which one it was, uh, 3K, it was 6K, good. it was a, it was some sort of K, was uh, two ER, yeah, two ER larges, um, but, uh, it, 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 it was okay, it was, it was pretty good, um, but the real monster is the Marauder 11D, as in Delta, um, that thing is just a beast, it's two Clannier PPCs and a silver, uh, silver bullet gauze, and so, and the heat sinks to fire all three of them. It's it's also got a couple of medium lasers, but that's not really terribly relevant when you're throwing around two ER, clan ERPPCs and a silver bullet gauze. So that that thing was at a two three pilot. Yeah, and a two three pilot. Yeah, that that. So yeah, if 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 you are ever at the table and somebody's like, oh, I want to try out this new uh, Marauder from the Wreck guide, make sure you know which which one it yes. is. Because if it's that one, you don't. It, it, it's it's ridiculous. I had the uh, Marauder 2C10, the one that jumps six. Um, I had a Wolfen C and a Spider 8XR. So I was moving. And Holy uh, buckets, you were moving. Yeah, I was moving. There was there was literally no place on the map that I could not get to. Uh, the the only what, problem what was, was what was Bob running. I don't know what Bob was running. I didn't play against Bob, but I uh, I couldn't tell you. So we'll find yeah, out later. Was, he was playing jumpers. He was, yeah, similar jumpers. But, and, yeah, so, I mean, if it wasn't for me not not uh, doing my due diligence and figuring out how the scoring was going to work, you know, I, it would I think it would have turned out different. But I only, I only got me to blame. For all of those of you out there, and you know who you are, that says, you got to move, coach. You can't play Battletech without moving. Uh, pretty sure Dirks' Marauder moved three hexes the whole game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we can pretty much say that the whole tournament. The, the whole tournament, yep. He didn't move in my match either. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's, there's no reason to move. It's got... Do clan ERPPCs. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Just stand there and deliver. (laughs) So anyway, uh, 6K was awesome. I had a good time. Uh, It's been a long time since I've played Classic. but um, We had to review some some rules. We had to do some review review of the rules. And uh, it's funny how that kind of stuff just starts clicking back. I mean, I don't think I've ever played level 3. On, on hand, on hand, one question will be like, "Oh, pff, you, you don't know this," and on the other hand, like, "Oh no, I need to check the book." But hang on, hang on, hang on. go ahead, vote without me. The other, the other <laughs> thing is, all I had was jumpers, so I was just like, "Okay, I had a, I, I never moved less than the hexes I could jump, so it was easy for me." 
I think the the thing that helped me up most was bringing my box of death. Um, the twenty position like fish dice box. Yeah, the the twenty four. Uh, Who was shaking that so violently? I mean, it was somebody was having that was a, definitely not me. Somebody it's was having turns. a go at yeah. it. Like, yeah, you like it? You like how that sounds? Yeah, no, I uh, out of like. Tommy was a, a gentleman the entire game, but I wanted to throw that box across the floor <laughs> because yeah. he 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 was playing the uh, the crit seeking game, so everything he shot went through the box, and that box gave him so many twelves and twos that it was ridiculous. <laughs> so when I finally hit with my silver bullet gauze, I shook that box. Oh, that was you. But, okay. Yeah, no, I, I I shook that box like there was no tomorrow. You shook it like a like Polaroid it, picture. Like, That's what you did. Yeah, like, like like it owed me money. <laughs> like it owed you money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I ran with a, a Turkina um, Echo, which is my favorite uh, Alpha Strike mech, and a uh, a Crossbow Echo, which the Turkina Echo has the six uh, streak sixes and a Hag forty. Fuck dumb. And then the, in uh, <laughs> the in the cro- I think the crossbow actually did more damage than the Turkina, but the the crossbow E had the sixteen AP gauzes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it w- definitely was a crit seeking list. I like the crit seeking list. Not a lot of people like me when I like the crit seeking list. A lot, of shake, a lot of shaking and and quick death. Yeah, if you if your rattle box hadn't been loving you so much, it wouldn't have been so bad. But I mean, you you killed you killed the Phoenix Hawk by headshots after you got at least two through armor criticals on it, and it, like it was, it, it, yeah, it, it was like still intact everywhere else. <laughs> it was like this is ridiculous. This is the set, stupidest thing. So the call of the salvage monster. Well, yeah, yeah, and then when I was going against Ben, I think that. The crit monster came up and blew off the battle arm, uh, battle master's arm right off on a, like a side or something like that. Um, so yeah. It, anyway, it's a good, good cap to the end of the night. Uh, Friday night was six k. Uh, I had a blast. I thought it was fun. Matt, Tommy, you guys did a great job. Um, I think yeah, like with eight guys there. Um, just kind of like Tommy reigns supreme. Tommy reigns supreme. Um, what did you notice for like uh, some of the benefits of <clears throat> like with some people had one unit they one yeah match with high high pilot um, <clears throat> or multiple units with small fast guys. I think what did, what did you see work well I think Steve right next to me was running a zero zero Thor two or something like that that was blood kite blood kite okay yeah um. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> it's uh, with my. I thought my unit with three lists or three units was pretty good. I had a Marauder two C, so there's my assault, and I had two fast movers. I mean, if I was going against that list, he'd never be able to to turn. Like, even I mean, if, you if had he had like a big, if he got a hold of me, yeah, one of my lights is gone, but. Even if you have like a big unit that deals like, quite a bit of damage, I mean, an opponent that has like three different vectors of fire on you, you can't shoot at all of them. 
I mean, then you get surrounded. It's gonna hurt you. There was there was a lot of two unit lists, which I mean, obviously they yeah. they did fine. I didn't see any above three though. I don't think. There's then, some uh, no. decent strategies Five on how they use those units too. So it looks like three to two might be the sweet spot. But again, that was our first one, so oh well. But let's move on because somebody's got a bedtime. And I propose for Saturday that we just give our general, um, like a just a general breakdown. Because I think Saturday, the, the actual 350 tournament deserves... The main event. The main event deserves maybe next podcast. Um, we have some stuff that we still have to work out from that main event. So, um, but... For me personally, um, one, it was awesome to see 16 people there. That was great. Um, the terrain was awesome. The models were all painted beautifully. Um, I'm so glad the stream worked out as well. I want to thank everyone who watched the stream. That was, I mean, we had we were averaging about 15 viewers, according to my data set that I had. But, we had um, people watching the stream instead of football. It was awesome. I, I know. Well, I told them to put college football on one and the stream on the other. But um, uh, for me personally, I thought it was going to be hard to solo commentate on games. But after the first, I mean, personally, my favorite game was the first game. Cyclone versus Seneca. It was a King of the Hill game, and it was, it was a nail biter. Like it, it did come down to literally a tur infantry transport that won the game, and that was, and Ripper infantry or Ripper VTOLs were doing things that they shouldn't be able to do, and it was, it was awesome. But um, the chat was was alive, and I was trying to do my best golf uh announcing kind of a thing but uh hopefully i did a good job but it, it was a lot of fun oh my goodness it was a lot of fun um dude you were exhausted by the end of the day oh. though <laughs> i did not want to talk anymore <laughs> it, the one the one thing the one thing that i've, that I've been really the one thing i've been really interested in seeing is how effective vtols are landing not something that I would have ever thought to consider, but I've seen a couple of people do it now where landing a VTOL to deploy your infantry is a viable tactic. Well, and on that point, for the longest time, we just figured that a landed VTOL was immobile or stationary. And then somebody's like, no, you moved. Whether it was vertically or horizontally, it doesn't. You moved, so you get your TMM. And to me, it—I mean, it, it does make sense. I mean, you're swooping in and you're dropping down, and you're only touching down for a second. You're dropping your troops and then you're back up again. So, it is a difficult target. It's just and on the did, on the board. It did, looks like it should be able to easy to shoot at. But did they use non-infantry cover with that too? Then I think a couple times they did. Um, be all right. Well, uh, in the first game, I don't think they did because uh, Seneca wanted to get his um, his king of the hill. He wanted to get an yeah. anti mech or base to base contact. So, but 
ever since I realized that rule, I was always bummed, and and Seneca is too. We both went back and forth. Like, why can't we drop paratroopers and jump jump infantry and this and that? We should be allowed to do that. And then it, the rules say what the rules say, and we're following what the rules say. But uh, now that I know that I could just land them and drop them and use non-infantry cover, I, I really don't have a problem with VTOLs now dropping infantry. I mean, that's that's a very viable option. But to wrap up my end, um, yeah, the streaming was awesome. The players were great. The terrain looked great. The models looked great. Everything, this is exactly what we wanted a premiere event to look like. Uh, it, it was spot on. So I'm just super happy with all of it. I mean, mo- putting this together was strenuous and, and tedious and and stressful and all this other stuff but i think the overall product was awesome i think i think we knocked it out of the park so notwithstanding a couple of little minor details but we'll discuss those when we fully go over the the tournament uh on the next podcast so which we should have sean Goolsby on since he is the champion so i can probably make that happen all right maybe we'll, we'll have to try to get that get that to work so since we've had back-to-back last champions brute on for however many time, I think uh, the old Goolsby should be on. So, what were your guys' impressions? Just kind of the whole day. Shout out to Mario for uh, Bloody Marys. Oh yeah, I didn't even that get to finish my, mine. Like I got started my death. That started my death. Awesome. <laughs> I got like two drinks into it, and and I'm still trying to like plug cords in and make sure mics are working. And it wasn't until like the second round I'm like, oh hey, look at this bloody berry that all the ice has melted in it already. <laughs> so I I doubled down with uh, two quick ones back to back. So I thought the the tournament went really well. Um, I was helping out being a judge and whatnot. Um, didn't have too many, I mean, there was a few questions that I had to double check in the book or double check with everybody else, but for the most part, we, uh, we were able to, I was able to use at least most of my, or most of the stuff that we've ran into before, so. It was a great time, great uh, seeing all the people that showed up. So, yeah, and uh, for me, it was you know my first uh, my first three hundred and fifty event. It was a lot of fun. There were a lot of uh, uh, just like fun competitors, you know, like good sports, win lose, you know, a lot of people just having fun. Um, a lot of really good looking minis. Um, yeah, no, it was it, it was a good time. I mean, it was a little frustrating where I ran into the it looks good on paper um, because I had done so well in my practice games with the GDL and then I break out the Republic of the Spheres and I'm like, all right, time to get down to business. And it just didn't quite get around that corner. I mean, part of it was my dice would turn off just randomly, but that's part of the game and that's part of the game I didn't account for. So I, I paid the price, but it it was good fun all in all. One of my takes on the tournament was playing an opponent and having that fun social atmosphere with that person for, you know, 80 minutes, 
and just having fun, not only playing the game, but just learning about the person, having fun, making fun of, I know how I, how maybe you'd like, you know, a bad move and be like, ah, oh, you're going to get me on this one or next turn I'll get you back. And, and then at the end of the game, I'm like, Hey, we played a game. Here's your gift. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. I, I have a gift for you too. Like I can, I can, I got something here too. And players can remember each other by um, giving gifts to each other at one-on-one uh, events. And that's really cool. That is, is something special where you can be like, I will always remember this game and playing you because I got this cool thing. Can I piggyback onto that, Matt? I noticed a lot of players throughout the tournament, they got to, like, you could almost tell, like, there was miniature, um, like, rivalries happening. They're like, oh, wait till next time I see you. I You got me this time, but I'm going to get, you know, it was, the, it was the fun competition thing. You know, when competition is supposed to be fun and you shake hands afterwards and you, and you go over the battle run. Oh, if I would have done this differently and this and that. Oh, remember that one role I had? Yeah, yeah. The, and it, what I, what I loved about it, and I got goosebumps right now just talking about it, is just players going over their game and having a good time talking about the game that they just had, whether they won or lost. It was just like, ah, yeah, I, I was wondering about that. And you came, you, you took advantage of it. Or I was like, oh, I should have done that or this and that. I loved, I, you could hear that going every round. Every, at the end of every round, it was just all the way through the, the whole building. It was just like the players that just got done playing. And they're like pulling their buddies over that they came with. They're like, oh, man, he totally did this to me and did this and that. And it was just fun. It was just fun. It was fun competition. And I loved that. It was it was it was a good time all the way around. Andrew, one of the other. Oops, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. One of the other things that um, stuck out was one of the advantages of the battle barn being remote was you could get done with your game and you could step outside within ten feet and you could yeah break. You could go. It's a beautiful. Could you though? <laughs> could you really i had to i had I to. I, I, well I if your day if, if all your games go to that's, time break. that's 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 a part of that scheduling thing again too where that's next I podcast knew, gideon i knew that i knew that was happening and i read it and i i made myself take breaks like i like like I am taking a break. <laughs> I'm going to use the restroom because <laughs> I need to. <laughs> I thought you were my friend. You you were just watching me suffer that whole time. You just let me suffer. You could have flipped a table for me, man. No, that, but, but seriously though, that, like that was I think the only drawback. Um, the the like, syst- like systemic drawback of Saturday that's, was that's the new thing you missed with. You know, being in the past Gen Cons and events is you have like no time because you're like event to event to event to event. Like I got to run cadet and I got to get to the blood name and I got to do this. And it's just like you have to make time for yourself. Yeah. Well, well, I didn't because this wasn't a me doing. This is just me being in the 350. You know, this wasn't a I signed up for too many events. This was there. We we uh and, and we, 
nothing like not saying like oh we we totally like screwed the pooch on it or anything but we definitely <laughs> like it was just a focus on getting things done which is fine but there are i was that outlier so i i felt it where i was the one guy i think that through the entire day went full time every time um and we other people wouldn't we should have we should have made sure that everybody took and, the time work and you know what it like i said it's a learning curve and we definitely like that was one of the things we definitely uh picked out um yeah. was was the timing and, and and andrew said at the beginning timing that was the big i think that was the biggest thing we all took or the biggest thing we took away from the weekend was if we're going to run an event or you know an actual cuz we technically did run our own con like we ran our own convention basically, basically yeah and, and and it is timing uh we tried to do the best we could and we're all we're all in the in the circle and we all had the talks and stuff like that and it was just like oh man maybe we do need to like up in between games like from 10 minutes like 20 minutes or something like that and it was good that that was that was my bad i i pushed i pushed the games pretty hard throughout the day and that won't be the case going forward right but but well kind of like uh you were saying earlier about the cadet game like that that it was all things that we all like we all saw the paper we all we, we all had the discussions about timing and it just didn't click for us of like wait how is this you know how how are we going to actually get this to go step by step and we didn't stop to think about it because if like, we oh, would we're not yeah. going to have any new people like uh well just in case we do we'll have it available but but you know what i like that about the way we did it is we did have something planned fluid in case some you know new people showed up Virtual i'd rather fluid. you know rather have a plan than no plan at all kind of a thing yep. so yeah i andrew what were your thoughts yeah, other than I had a great and... time, Aaron. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> your um, impression is. <laughs> I think he's. Uh, I think he's in the bathroom or something. Uh, until he jumps on. Um, but again, it was the perfect. I mean, and and I tell you what, I would not have wanted to run this this year at this Gen Con, just because of the restrictions they have. We made the right decision. And having when, an offsite. When we, you know, pre-planned about this, <clears throat> my biggest thing was just like you had explained before at Gen Con. What's it going to be like for me as a player, or as a fan, or as a judge, talking to, trying, trying to communicate with people through a mask? And how can you explain to somebody what you're going to do on a map from how far away with rolling dice and, I mean. Yeah, I have a tough enough time working with masks on at work, let alone whenever we have that stuff yeah. going on. It's it, it's tough. It, it so wouldn't it wouldn't have been a good idea. We we made a hundred and ten percent the right decision. The right decision. Uh, Andrew, you got to take off a little early, so uh, what were your thoughts on three fifty? I'm in the car now, so hopefully, I have to go to work. So. <laughs> Look, Andrew, look at the fucking dedication. Did look Andrew just get a new call sign? Is his new call sign K-Hall? God, no. I'm pushing no. for smalls, man. 
Cause, cause you're killing me, Smalls. Just, I, I just feel like that should be said on a regular basis, to Andrew. <laughs> but what was, what was your uh, thoughts on uh, Saturday? Just, just a general kind of a thing. Cause we'll go in depth next podcast. That was my fifth tournament um, that I've ran, and I, it, it went as well as any of the others. Um, timing again, and as we've talked, as I've heard you guys talk about, timing was probably the biggest thing, you know. But it, and that's such a hard thing too, because you're trying to be respectful of people's time, and you know there are some matches that get done really early due to um, players not maybe fully understanding the scenario. Some of the lists just don't match up right. And then you got people standing on And some are okay with that. Some are not. So, again, um, having to take that into consideration, keeping everybody's time in perspective, you know, at a convention, um, if you have a time slot or you're going to do stuff with people, you're going to make sure that you get them in and out at a certain time. So, yeah. Uh, I, all in all, I mean, we had a great turnout. We had great players. Um, we had the, comrad- uh, the camaraderie that, that you guys had talked about, which I thought was awesome. Um, I, I still am surprised. Isn't Surprised is the right word. That how many times have we had brand new people first tournament they're playing in and they're placing yeah i mean we we can get into um sean and roots lists were two extremes right they they took a gimmick isn't the right word but they took a thing and kind of took it to the, the mechanic thank you yeah and took it to the extreme and they ended up on the top table which I I guess that as soon as we saw all the lists come in. Um, but Sam showed up. Yeah. And uh, Brian's you know, son. Sam was 15 years old and playing playing a list dad built for him. And Way to go, Brian. Third place. It's and that's not the first time. I mean, the first the first tournament we ran was in my garage, and Sean won that. And that was his first time playing alpha strike. Yeah. So just goes to show you that you don't need to have a hundred games in to win a tournament. I mean, no, yes. RNG plays a role, but also tactics does too. I mean, just having that simple ability to understand this is my game plan. Um, I can adapt to it, but I'm going to stick to my game plan. This is, this is what my list does. This is what it does. Well, I think, and stick to it. I think, I, I think, think, right? I think not, is the best know part. Until you get it on the table, you, you won't know now, until you get on the table. Now, the other thing, though, to start remembering or taking into consideration now, too, though, is um, you look at the number of tournaments that we've ran, and we are starting to see a lot of return players coming to the table. So that new player is becoming less and less at the same time. I think the group that we have that are quote unquote veteran players now are 
great players in that they will help you. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not douchebags. They're they're more interested in ensuring the health of the game and making sure that people that are there are enjoying themselves or at least learning so that the next time they can apply something. And that is everyone, everyone that we've, that we've talked to that have played, like we've stated earlier, your list looks like it's going to play well. I guarantee you after you play, you're going to tweak something. I guarantee it. And everybody has done that. Um, You know, Seneca had a great conversation with Seneca from his list on rumble on the river to, um, and just his thought process on what he needed to change and why he was making those changes. It was fun to see how, how they played out and get his take on, on how that worked out through the weekend. Um, it went well. I, I was pleased. I was glad people showed up <laughs> here. Whenever you do stuff like this, you always get a little, little, a little leery on how many people are we going to get? Um, are we going to get enough people to show up and is it going to go well? So, uh, thankfully it, all of those things matched up. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely an awesome weekend. It, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of work, <laughs> but it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Um, I think that should wrap it up for Battle Barn. Yeah. Yeah. Should we take a break? uh, I think we should uh, hear from the voice of the CSL. Oh, jeez. Hi, this history brief with Charles Gideon brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. AriesGamesAndMinis.com On this episode of WolfNet History Briefs, two men who are willing to die to save their heir apparent walk parallel paths but come to very different ends. Hello, Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we return to the clan invasion. Having lost every encounter with the Jade Falcons, the Federated Commonwealth was desperate for a victory. Because of its favorable terrain, as well as economic, strategic, and political reasons, the FedCom High Command settled on trying to retake the planet Twycross to turn the tide. The planet's so-called Plain of Curtains, a desolate expanse of high sand dunes, and the perpetual sandstorm known as the Diabolus would both be used in the grand strategy. The FedCom forces comprised of the 10th Iron Guards RCT in both regiments of the Kel Hounds, and they would march into the Plain of Curtains, luring out defenders. Once the second-line Falcon cluster garrisoning the planet committed to the battle, the 9th FedCom RCT would collapse on them from their hiding place in the Diabolus, where they would make planet fall. Problem was, the FedCom forces were planning to face a cluster of garrison troops, which they assumed would include inferior warriors and tech. They were unaware that the elite Falcon Guards cluster, the same unit who had taken Twycross initially, were still on the planet, waiting to be rotated back to the front. When they learned that the garrison had engaged a large FedCom force, the Falcon Guard mobilized from the city of Camorra 
and headed for the pass called the Great Gash, which would put them directly in the flank of the FedCom forces on the plain. This brings us to the 10th of September, 3050, and Sergeant Detlef, a 10th Lion Guard infantryman. His unit had been assigned to rig the gash with explosives in case the pass needed to be closed. What had been a strategic action to prevent the unlikely case of garrison troops attempting a wide flank turned into the most critical action of the battle. It first became apparent that something was wrong when Clan Mex fell upon the Fedcom company charged with holding the far end of the gash. Detlef and his comrades worked hard, but setting pentaglycerin explosive takes time. The Falcon's vanguard elementals were upon them before they could finish arming the system, and it became a massacre, followed by a rout. This is in no way a condemnation against those troops. We now know that small arms are nearly useless against the armored infantry, but at this stage in the invasion they didn't, and many tried to stand and fight. Detlef and the remnants of his unit fled toward a field hospital at the Fedcom end of the gash. Here he ran into a hatchet man leading a mech lance. The pilot of that hatchet man was, at the time, a promising young lieutenant, who was named Kai Allard Liao. After a short interaction, they determined that the Falcons had to be stopped, no matter the cost. Kai ordered the rest of his lance to assist and escort the wounded from the mash before rushing his hatchet man into the gash, where he found an entire star of elementals. Relentlessly firing his autocannon and lasers, he blasted the armored troops. Those who escaped his ranged weapons succumbed to brutal physical attacks. Eventually, the elemental formation broke and fled. Kai pursued them around a bend, only to find the entire cluster of Falcon Guard marching through the gash. Lacking the ceremony, but none of the bravado, Kai issued a bachal to the Falcons. The guard's commander, Adler Malthus, accepted the invitation to a physical combat-only duel. Unfortunately for Adler, Kai never planned to fight him. Kai instead destroyed the computer system that maintained the magnetic bottle around the restrained star in his fusion engine. Kai escaped the superheated plasma eruption in the full head ejection system of the hatchet man. The Falcon Guards, however, stood no chance. The explosion from the self-destructing mech sympathetically set off the demolition charges, bringing thousands of tons of stone down upon the Falcons, nearly killing them to a man. Kai became a living legend overnight. And what of Sergeant Detlef, you ask? Well, he gathered an ad hoc squad of infantry from those at the field hospital and, with only small arms, charged the elemental position. A desperate hope of being able to detonate the charges driving his every step. Detlef was last seen when an elemental discarded his body over the edge of the gash and to the stony floor dozens of meters below. Perhaps the attack by Detlef and his brave cohort prevented the Falcon troops from finding the charges. We'll never know. But what we do know is his body remains entombed with the corpses of the Falcons he gave his life to stop beneath those stones, having given everything to save his future first prince. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history 
are doomed. And that was History Breaks with Jarls, Gideon, Dirks, brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. Now back to Andrew with his shoutouts. The Road Warrior! Well, I like that. So, as we've stated throughout the uh, the podcast, you know, Battle Barn was a lot of fun. It was fantastic to see everyone, but there was a lot of things that had to happen for that to to happen. Um, I'm I'm not behind my computer now, so I had I've got a list of, of things here. So I'm gonna make hopefully I hit all of them. Um, first, we, I gotta give a go ahead. We can help. We can read okay. those off. Well, uh, first Mac, I gotta, we'll see what he got first. First, I got to give a shout out to uh, Max and Bob. Um, like I said earlier, um, I would never have been able to get the terrain done if, if they wouldn't have given me a couple of weekends of, of help. So thank you so much to those guys. Um, to Steve Lesky, uh, he uh, took all of the vehicles for the two kid game and slapped some paint on them and uh, also painted the... Uh, Alpha Strike objective markers that we got from uh, Creative Juggernaut. Which, oh, those look uh, so good. Those were so awesome. Um, uh, who's who was next there? Marv. There was Marvin. Marvin. I got to get a shout out to Marv for uh, hooking me up so that my boys' army could get painted. Um, that was a godsend, and being able to pass that off and not have to worry about getting that done. Um, think that brings me to the wifey the battle barn nope oh <laughs> yeah um, so for for anyone who has gone to a con or anyone who has tried to host a game uh you always run out of time you always get stressed and not a little frustrated to get everything done and to have it a certain way or at least i do i mean i i want to make sure that my game is is right and appropriate and it's well thought out and well put on so that people can enjoy themselves and well a person can get a little testy and i gotta give a shout out to my wife for every year she has to put up with and, and deal with that and, and she's always there to help and give the words of encouragement that you know you got enough time it'll all get done um so Big thank you to her for helping and um, letting me be an ass when I need to be an ass. I guess. So, uh, so on to the event. Don, on to the event. So first and foremost, we've got to give a shout out to Ryan Kimmel at the Battle Barn for giving us the facility to actually hold the event. Um, it was, again, great facility, great host, uh, never led us astray on food which uh, being a bigger guy is, is that's always a bonus. So um, big thank you to him. Um, next up. Kevin. Who? Kevin. Kevin. Kevin for reaching out when he knew that we were doing the battle bar and he reached out to me on messenger and he's all timid, like, like, Hey, do you guys think, you know, if I could come do a painting class and I was, <laughs> I might've I might have scared him with how fast I replied back in all caps. Yes, that would be awesome. So, uh, Kevin, again, thank you so much for coming out and, and having the patience to uh, walk us through 
uh, probably some basic things for you, but it was very eye-opening and uh, encouraging to try some new techniques and pick up the brush. Um, next would be my co-hosts for all of their effort and, and time. Again, uh, you guys kind of rank there with my wife and dealing with my frustration and me being an ass. So I appreciate you guys giving me a pass when I needed it. And sponsors, sponsors, um, Aries games and miniatures and fortress miniature and games swagged the hell out of us. That was, they, they always come through. Um, thank you guys so very much, um, for always being there and never questioning. Um, whenever I reach out, you guys are always without question. What do you need? And that is, so helpful for us to be able to run events and know that we can prizes. Um, to Creative Juggernaut um, for supplying, uh, they gave us two Black Knight um, Clan Busters and two Stormcrow uh, prototypes. And I, th I think we got five Alpha Strike objective markers that were new that we were testing off. Uh, we, again, Steve painted those and we gave those away. So. Thank you guys for letting us showcase those and, and uh, use those in our game. What do we have? Raymond. Is that it? Raymond. Ray oh, yeah. So now my personal ones. So Raymond White, um, thank you so much for the Marauder 2, the Inner Sphere version that he painted. <laughs> um, it was, uh, he posted that on the CSO page, and as soon as he, he sent me a picture on the side before it went up, and I, I saw the Dragoon emblem and I saw the number 13 and I'm like, oh, that's my mech. And he <laughs> confirmed that he was out of me while I was painting it. So, of course, I had to have that in my shelf and that's in position number one. So thank you so much, Raymond. And then the, the last one is to Augustine um, for the Athena Rising diorama. Um, again, this year has been awesome for me in the universe of, of Battletech to be canonized in a book and then to be honored in having my fight scene depicted in a diorama and then being allowed to purchase said diorama. So um, we went through a lot of effort, a lot of back and forth. Um, I really appreciate all the work that he did. Um, he kept me abreast of everything that was going on and, and asked for input and it was great experience I'm so happy and uh, i'll hopefully find some time here where i i have to rebuild the board because it was going to cost way too much money to <laughs> ship from spain so he sent me a lot of good pictures so i'll have to recreate that but eventually i want to get a coffee table made to have all of that stuff um in it so that's the goal for all of that stuff so thank you guys both of you for the, the thoughts and, and the great miniatures. They're, I can't say enough. Thank you. Okay. You're not allowed to uh, thank the fans who showed up and everything else because we're going to do that. Okay. Go to work, I guess. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, again, I apologize that things went a little sideways last night. I was supposed to be free. So. No problem. Good. It's all good. Talk to you later, uh, brother. Guys have, guys, have a good night, and uh, thank you. Good night. Good night. But don't go anywhere, because we're not done. <laughs>
And ladies and gentlemen, for the news upcoming, there's a uh, Southern Assault Battletech Alpha Strike tournament put on by uh, Robert Ash of Fortress Games and Miniatures, correction, Fortress Miniatures and Games. And anyways, uh, that'll be held in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, six rounds of 350-point tournament action. Uh, there's 80 player slots available. And that'll be held, yeah, November 6th and 7th. So... Go to Fortress Miniatures and Games, and you can sign up on Google Docs for a Southern Assault Tournament for their packet and sign up. That's right, we've got requests this evening. With all these game stores giving out business cards, fans, make sure you keep those in your wallets or purses like a condom, because you never know when you might need to whip it out for someone. If you're a game store without business cards, it might be who of you to get some out there in every order. I would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. But anyways, moving along to the mailbag. Mailbag! Any, uh, questions and answers? Do you know how long it's been since we've done mailbag? Like a long Seven. time. It's been a long time. Um, we'll just rapid fire through these. Um, well, maybe not rapid fire, but uh, right off the bat, damn it, Seneca, we just got done with Gen Con. He asked, plans for next Gen Con. I says, hopefully running events at Gen Con next year. Uh, the Battle Bomber was awesome, but uh, if we're really need, if we really going to pump this 350 and, and what we're trying to do is WolfNet to the masses, we need to be at Gen Con. So look for us at Gen Con as long as the fucking Omega variant doesn't show up and kill us all, I guess. Uh, Chris Hesby, when is the next Garage Con? Whew. I don't know. That's a good question. Is, we usually have one in January, don't we? We try to do one in January, but... And that'll um, be, will, that, will that be here in town in Orange City? Oh, probably not January. Maybe... Uh, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. That's, that's undetermined. We, we just got done with a very large event again. Uh, we, we're, we're trying to decompress from the last event, uh, but don't worry. There will be another Garage Con in the future. Uh, <laughs> from John Sharpton, when can we expect WolfNet branded dog slash pet merchandise? Not in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, getting a, a, a vest for your dog and slapping a patch on it is <laughs> extent of it right now that's that's probably a good way to go get uh get a velcro velcro dog velcro dog vest, vest. there you go and uh if you want to get if you want to get a patch go over to aries games and miniatures.com uh what would you say two positive and two negative lessons are from how things went down in battle battle barn that the rest of us can learn from practice your list is that a positive that's, or a negative? <laughs> I, I, think that's a positive. I think both. Um, okay, we knocked out two birds with one stone. I like it, Gideon. Yeah, just, I mean, I can't stress that enough because I, yeah, the, the list that I, that was my fun list was more fun and more effective. And those two things were different. Um uh, because it, it wasn't about like, oh, I'm doing well, therefore it's fun. It was just more options, more uh, more playability 
Um, it wasn't set up around one gimmick like my Republic of the Sphere list, so... Um, like that. Yeah, well, it, it totally was a gimmick. Um, but it didn't work out the way that, on paper, it should've. It should've, you know? So, um, yeah, just play it, test it, um, have fun with it, and also... Don't discredit the fun list and say, well, it's fun, ergo, it's not going to be competitive. It, my, my list won more game. my fun list won more games than my quote-unquote competitive <laughs> list. So just have fun. Bring something that you're going to enjoy to run because that's the, uh, that's the only way you're going to guarantee that you win overall is if you're having fun doing it. So that's, that's my really long answer for part of a question but i'll cover uh, a negative um one thing that we did not take into effect was lunchtime effectively i mean we tried to but um uh, if you guys are ever going to run a tournament be very aware of when people are going to get hungry because hungry is, is like the snickers commercial man uh don't don't be john pesci <laughs> at the table <laughs> so pesci? yeah joe pesci not john pesci jeez what am i doing joe pesci um he'll, he'll rob your house and turn your exactly on be the wet bandits uh, if you're ever running a tournament um be aware of when lunchtime is either start it at one and go later into the night or uh, we tried to do one round. Actually, we we did two rounds before we ate, which is probably a problem. We should have tried to do one round, get everybody comfortable uh, with the format, setting up, all this other stuff. Did eat, lunch. Get their bellies full. Yep, make yep. sure they're like heads rushing out of their get, bloods, rushing get out of the, their head and their tummies. That way they play terrible afterwards. You know, get the <laughs> get the nerves out. You know, there there is a big thing in tournaments where that first round is like nervous. So oh, yeah. get the first round out of the way, get the nerves worked down, get some get some food, and then two three you know two three four rounds. Uh, uh, that might be um, something that that was a negative for us that we could that we could learn from. I um, have a awesome positive. Okay, we brought two extra giant packs of gum and a giant deodorant. So. At the check-in table, hey, here, go ahead, check in, contact, here's your free swag, would you like to sign up, here's your free gum. And Spearmint definitely overthrew Wintergreen. Ah, there you go. Every good TO or tournament organizer should have extra gum and deodorant. Spearmint. Spearmint. Um, there you go. There's a question here by ZJ Baker about the new Great Death Legion sequel. Um, I have not read it. Uh, it's asking about uh, what are the ideas, wishes you'd like to see in the sequel as we move forward in the time clock briefly back to 3025. I don't think any of us have... Uh, none of us have read the full book yet, so we will try to table that question for later. Yeah, no, I mean, really, I'm just excited to have Grayson and Lori and, you know, the, the whole gang. Yeah. That, that, that's all I want in it. I just want, I, I, I want a story that's not a dying time. That's all I want. Just uh, one more story. Ian, Ian Schneider says, plans for starter, 
starter content for 350 how to make lists from new boxes well we ian, have that listed well ian i'll tell you what we have in the very near future a live youtube wolfnet radio podcast soon like within the next couple of weeks um, that we are going to go live on YouTube and we are actually going to build a 350 list from uh, what is out right now in the Kickstarter. So um, we're going we're gonna to focus on the mechs that are in the Kickstarter and then maybe add some vehicles and stuff like that. But it's, it's going to be uh, the Wolfnet Radio podcast, guys. It's going to be the chat uh, um, influencing the way the lists go. And we're going to spend a couple hours and make uh, make a couple of good lists out of what is available right now. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's going to be coming up here very soon. If you guys haven't subscribed to the Wolfnet Radio Podcast YouTube page, do that so you don't miss out on when that happens. Um Ed Stevens, any new any new word on another Kickstarter coming out? No, we um, as much as we'd like to think that we are uh, buddy buddies with, I mean, in the inside track of uh, Catalyst, we are not. They do not give us any information other than what everyone else has heard. So um, you will find out basically when we find out. I think I don't know, unless my strings have that I'm pulling are still attached we'll see i'm working did you tuck tuck a string in somebody's pants i i i i I latched a string but i don't know if it's still attached let's just say let's just say that um paul halcott uh i think a regular segment on tech talk would be a great i think so too paul hmm right tommy i wonder who had an episode called tommy's tech talks that was tactics, though. Tactics, that's right. Tactics. Maybe, maybe we should change the title. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, he tactics. goes on to Tommy. he goes on to say with, with all another T. He goes on to say with all the new people coming to the game since the Kickstarter and whatever happened over at Games Workshop, plus those returning after a long hiatus, a segment where you review the tech would be great. What it is, what it does, how it interacts with other bits of tech, how the rules for it how it how the rules for it work on <laughs> that's bad grammar paul this guy should run a stream some stuff stream for uh i i agree paul i have been trying to get uh tommy to do a tech talk uh for a long time you know i i probably could um when i have time uh get with me when you have time <laughs> yeah. i i know how to use obs now i guess <laughs> and no, I, but but I, I think uh i think he's a totally valid point i think uh uh talking about the the stuff that's come out since um why real time in the last uh 20 years um or ish 15 20 years and uh, also kind of get doing maybe some uh faction talk um so that way people cut that are coming back into the game know where their factions at after you know, a hundred years of in-game yeah. time. Wait, we're going. To uh, it's either about surviving or it's dead. I'm I'm not very good at lore, though. 
<laughs> yeah, you're not very good at lore. That's why. That's Get with why Gideon it's then. Talk. It's that's why it's tech talk with Tommy. That's why we got the the voice of the CSL. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and last question from uh, must be a new listener or something. Brent Ev Evans. Evans. Brent Evans, maybe. Um, uh, says I got a question for you. Since the BattleTech teams challenge a battle at Gen Con didn't pan out, uh, when will we be able when will we be able to stage a replacement battle? Perhaps virtual, perhaps live streamed, perhaps further ill advised bets and challenges on the line. Inquiring minds Ooh. want to know. Ah, man, uh, does I wish I knew who this guy was, but. Uh... I think we sent him a list already. I, I, you know, I feel like we did send him a list. I think we did a batch all. So, anyway, segueing into, um, I told you guys the first part of my Thursday, and the last part of my Thursday was a little weird. Um, so I mentioned that I I hooked up with some X Men guys, and they were staying at the Marriott downtown, and um. <laughs> Long story short, Brent Evans, who is uh, currently... What is his fucking title these days? Uh, let's see. Art he director. is art director. Basically, uh, we're, we're going to rename him the Grand Poopa of uh, Battletech development right now. So the guy kind of in charge of the whole spiel um, caught me at the door and says, Oh, hey, you finally showed up for that drink. That you owe me, or something like that. Anyway, turns out that uh, Ray, Arastia, Blaine Pardo, and Brent Evans were all just chilling out at the bar, along with Lauren Coleman, and uh, Randall Bills is over in his safety net over there. Uh, but anyway, I got to have a really nice conversation with Ray, uh, Blaine, and uh, Brent. And just kind of... Uh, Started off as shooting the shit, uh, buying each other drinks and telling each other, no, I've got it. No, I've got it. No, I've got it. (laughs) I says, guys, just settle down. I'm just going to buy this round for us, which turned out to be not just one round. But anyway, um, got to really kind of, I feel like it was more them picking my brain than I was picking their brain. Uh, it, it seemed like they kind of wanted to know what I thought about not only where Battletech is going, what the community is like, uh, uh, whatever. And then I says, well, you know, you're talking to the right guy. We like to say that we have a pretty large following on, on not only the podcast, but Facebook and YouTube and this and that. And I basically told him, I says, Battletech's in a fantastic spot right now. Um, you guys are doing all the right things. You're, you're, you're putting out product. You're doing this. I says, I asked him, I says, are you worried about the games workshop people coming in? And they kind of looked at me and said, how many people are coming? I says, there's a lot of people from games workshop jumping ship to, to Battletech. And so that was all good news to them. And then we got into the Wolf's Dragoons content and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to go into that because, you know, journalistic, uh, integrity <laughs> but let's just say that i walked away from our conversation that the people that are in charge of battletech 
are quite possibly the best people we could wish to be in charge of Battletech. They understand it. Ray is not only a in charge of it, but he's a fan. He doesn't want things to go down the Dark Age path again or the, the click text thing again. They've got a good handle on what is coming down the pipeline for Battletech. And fiction and source books and models and everything. I you know, we always we always bitched about how they were all concentrating on Shadow uh Shadowrun for a while. Remember that? They they weren't I mean one division of Catalyst was, but they were all just building to make sure that they don't fuck up Battletech in the future. Like they they, they roadmapped it to fit for the next five, ten 15 years so um my big takeaway from my little get together with the guys is we're in solid hands we're in very very solid hands everyone is on board uh there's a clear cut path of where this is gonna go uh it's driven by fiction uh backed up by source books and and models to reflect on those stories that we read about so it's everything we could ask for. I mean, uh, not to not to gush like a fanboy, but I was trying to hold back as much as I could. But it was it was very very inviting to me that they wanted my opinion as a fan, not as a podcast host or whatever. It was just, hey, what do you think should happen, or not should happen, but what do you think the future is going to look like? And I says, well, from what I've read, from what I've researched, from what I've done, you guys are on the right path. They're not recycling old stories. They're coming up with new ways uh, to, to cre- create the, the soap opera that is Battletech fiction into the 32nd century. Um, it, it, it was very, very, it was a very great talk. Um, again, I, I can't go into specifics, but I left very, very comfortable for Battletech in the next 10 years. So take that for what you want, but, uh, we may have had one too many drinks, but at the same time, it didn't affect (laughs) our love for the game. So, um, but it was great. Now, the one downside of meeting these three guys is motherfucking Brent Evans threw a challenge at us. And he challenged us to a freaking... Now, at Gen Con, they didn't have Masters and Minions. Because they couldn't. It was it was strictly uh, Grinders and Alpha Strike Boot Camp. And I was like, oh, it's Thursday. I don't think it would be very hard to get the five of us together and we could throw down on Saturday night. And he's like, bring it! Well, I forgot to get Brent Evans phone number to actually see if he's going to go through this so challenge was issued we returned with our force like any good old batch all right matt this is how this is done there was a uh, bv2 list sent and uh brent doesn't answer his messenger so i had to re- you know refer to the sakon ray and uh ray jokingly sent back what did he send back oh a mckenna warship 
<laughs> so right off the bat, Catalyst is not taking this seriously. But then Brent, two weeks later, issues the same challenge again. So, you know what? Oh, by the way, the reason we didn't get it done Saturday is because they had their con... What did they? What did Andrew say? That was a con conference or something like that. Con con. Yeah. Which can can. Technically, we were told to show up for, but at the same time, it had been a long day, and uh, we wanted pork tenderloin and a giant plate of uh, of uh, biscuits and gravy. So. Indiana does pork tenderloin right. Oh Five. man five times the size of the bun guys indiana pork tenderloin they did it right what was that silver cafe name uh silver cafe (laughs) i don't know i feel like it was a road sign or something like that either way um for those of you who are on discord you will notice that ray decided to stir the pot saturday night saying oh where are you guys at and we're like um you guys never issued your responsive uh, list to us, so we thought you guys were flaking out on us. So, anyway, to move forward with this Catalyst Game Labs slash Wolfnet challenge that Brent Evans is apparently still wanting to do, we are... Okay, first of all, I have to let everyone know who's listening to this podcast. Do not tell them anything, because we want them to listen to this challenge on the podcast for them to actually get it so no facebook posts no messengers no none of that if they don't listen to this podcast then we know that they're a bunch of hacks and they uh they obviously don't want to hear about outside opinions so we're gonna issue a challenge you guys ready for this we're gonna we're gonna do a mega mech challenge to catalyst game labs we have our list And we are going to not only stream it on YouTube for all to see. We are calling out at least Brent Evans, Ray Rostia, Blaine Pardo, Aaron Cahill, and John Helfers. At least. They need five. They need five against five. So the plan is, is to have them choose a charity and us to choose a charity. And we will set up a PayPal account or something to where people can donate money either during the the stream or a day later. And whoever wins, the the 100% of the proceeds will go to their, the winning team's charity. So that's the current. It's just going to be straight up. Five mechs versus five mechs, or whatever the hell they want to bring. Star on star. Star on star. I think that's good. Star on star. Uh, equal BV. Uh, map choice random, I guess. I don't know. But um, we're gonna we're gonna turn this into a charity event. I think it'll be a lot of fun. We're gonna stream this live on YouTube. Um, it should be a lot of fun. We'll take we'll take questions from the chat and have a good old time and uh wolfnet will pro you know emerge victorious like we usually do and uh i'm almost i'm almost thinking as a caveat to the whole challenge so the charity thing is there 
but uh, each one of us five have to choose one of their five, and then whoever loses uh, has a bond cord that they have to wear for a year. I don't want to think about the things that Ray would have me do. Now there was there was comments about additional bets and other things too during. So oh, I agree, one hundred percent. During the event, other issues could arise with bets and challenges. I don't know. Dirt. Who knows? Maybe single combat will come out or something like that. I, I see what happens. Hundred percent expect a uh, duel to happen, but uh, I think uh, I think either either uh, you know like what we're gonna do with the Iowa versus Minnesota. We'll just ship them T-shirts. This is Brent sucks at BattleTech. Property of Aaron Kroll or or Charles Gideon, <laughs> and then they have to take a picture of that shirt, or we have to take a picture of that shirt and post it on the respective uh, Facebook pages or something like that. So we'll see. Possible side bets could be uh, could be uh, uh, worked out within the time frame, but. I think it'd be a great thing if we each picked a charity, try to raise some money for that charity, um, while we have fun playing BattleTech. So, dates and time and condition will be in the future. Totally up in the air right now. Uh, first of all, Brent's got to get his team together because <laughs> can't even can't even look at his messenger for goodness sakes. But uh, and you better practice, 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 practice. So. Um, I will make it a condition that they they are only allowed Catalyst Game Labs employees, so no fishing outside of the of the pond there, Brent or Ray. And uh, so hopefully, uh, if they, how long should we give them until uh, somebody uh, notices our podcast? Should we give them like a month? Yeah, seven I think days. Until next, epi- All right. next episode. All if right. We, if we haven't heard back by next episode. Then, then we know that they're not listening. We know that they're not listening, and we will chastise them again the next episode. Nah, chastise is a pretty strong word. Well, okay, we will um, backyard school make fun of them for being whatever. We'll draw little pictures on our Facebook page. We'll draw little pictures. The, there we go. What, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the only question that this all brings up is, Coach, were you like a – Pro, like a semi-pro boxer in a previous life because your pre-fight smack talk is very strong <laughs> oh i have i have let's just say i've been in a lot of fights that haven't gotten to the fight stage you know it's just a bunch of guys just yelling at each other and i was always the best one like i i i talked a good game i took plenty of punches to the face for my good talk of the game but um yeah it's it's gonna go down, and then uh, once they actually realize the challenge has been placed and offered, then we'll go on the Facebook and we'll we'll post side bets and this and that. So um, we will see where we, it goes. Uh, we will see where it goes from there. <laughs> do we do we want to remind them of our forces, or are we just gonna assume that they still have that message somewhere? Uh, I guess we could. I mean. Uh, so I'm in a wolf and sea. I guess we're on a question of what Andrew's gonna be in. Does Andrew get like a, a stable? <laughs> Does he get? 
He's in a he's in a Marauder Omni, I think. <laughs> he's in a War Dog. <laughs> no, not a War Dog. <laughs> there's, uh, at least three, there's at least three canon choices. So, yeah, he gets a, a Marauder two C, a Marauder two C, or a Marauder two, or a War Dog, or a War Dog, or a War Dog. One of those four. Uh, then we have a Stormcrow T. Uh, yep. Yep, I I rock or I oaken. We have a Shogun C. Mm-hmm. And Tommy, I think you've changed. Are you still rocking a Nightgyre? I'm still rocking the Nightgyre. It's just the Prime variant. Ah, just the Prime variant. Okay. So there you go. That is our list. That is our batch all. Accept it or not, you... Oh, I forgot the freaking word. Stravigs. Stravags? Stravags. You Stravage. You Stravage. Surrats. Surrats! That's the one I was looking for. Surrats. So, issue, challenge, catalyst, your move. All right, moving along. I guess we have some shout outs. Yeah, we, 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 there's nothing we're going to follow that up with. (laughs) I just, oh, I'll go first. 20 minutes of uh, coach rambling about yeah that that went long that went long my bad we knew it would that's why we gave it extra time all right i got go ahead charles if you want it or tommy uh yeah well i'll i'll do my shout outs uh well first of all and i'm sure everybody is gonna echo this but uh ryan uh battle barn was awesome thank you 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 are a gracious host um kind just awesome dude uh with people like you in the gaming community um it won't ever go away so thank you again um and then uh ben kleinfelter um had some great late night hanging out talking with him good to talk to somebody else who's kind of been uh around the the writing sphere a little bit that was that was a lot of fun uh to be in person talking to somebody um Seth White Fox, uh, congratulations! You got a new job. Everybody, give him big props. He is like the man. I don't know what, if that's his actual job title, but he is sh- the man. Fuck, it should be. Um, <laughs> uh, and then also uh, Brashido Crackerbox and B1B Flyer uh, for getting allowing me to do um, the voiceover for one of the diorama videos. That was that was a, a trip and a half. So. It was a lot of fun. Oof. I appreciate you guys uh, letting me do that. Um, yeah, hope, hope you enjoy it. And that's uh, that, that's it. One, of course, everybody that came out to the Battle Barn, it was great putting faces with names. And then because I'm old, forgetting names. And then re- now I remember faces, but not what name they go to. It, <laughs> it, it's a mess. But it was it was great hanging out with everybody and just being able to like actually interact and you know i mean discord's great uh, you know all the social media stuff we do is great but um just really being able to sit there and actually have a conversation was was a great time so thanks my uh my shout outs go to uh usually the people who hang out with us during the whole entire spiel so uh of course to ryan awesome it was awesome being at the battle barn and thanks you thank you for the pork tenderloin place uh also a shout out to Ben as well. Uh it was great hanging out after 
after all the battle tech and, and whatnot. And uh, a shout out to Mario for pretty much the same thing. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Shout out to the fans, people who showed up. It was a great time. Uh, at the uh, evening of the 6K, we had a Spectre fly in. And that was Brian Plunkett from uh, Fighting Piranha Graphics, who blessed us with his presence, just uh, coming in to see what was happening. You know, it, it's interesting to, to hear stories of, you know, someone getting done at Gen Con for the evening, having a long day at the booth, and then coming all the way out to the Battle Barn and saying, hey, what are you guys doing? Looks pretty fun. Like, and just sitting there and talking, telling stories, enjoying the evening. And that was uh, that was pretty awesome. So thanks, Brian, for coming out. And uh, Bob, Bob, thanks for uh, fighting so well in our Alpha Strike 350 tournament. And thank you for uh, gifting me with a Irby restaurant uh, miniature. That was super cool. And I returned a gift with a uh, Scaffa. So he ought to have fun with a. Uh, Super fun uh, vehicle that's a uh, hover tank. Come across the board. Um, also, Gold Bishop for uh, gifting a super badass um, miniature diorama of a shogun displacing a black knight out of water. That was kind of a mishap in a Tuesday night fight night game, but it turned into uh, an adventure with a scene actually made out of miniatures. And that was so cool. Thank you very much. Dude, that was bomb diggity. I'm sorry. You are not doing that that miniature awesome. It was so cool. I was there during that game, and it was hilarious. So yeah, that, that wasn't a Tuesday night fight. That was, uh, that that was, was a command mission. That was a command mission. Oh, and yeah. To have to have that like translated into miniatures was oh that was so cool. <laughs> well, especially the the Black Knight's got its like one hand up like no, like no, <laughs> and you're just all Shogun belly flopping right on top of him. Yeah, it was so me. good. <laughs> oh, it was so, so good. Those pictures and that is uh, posted on Discord and Facebook, so you can see those. Uh, as they look very much, uh, very cool with the lighting. Yeah. Anybody else got any shout-outs? Uh, I do. Uh, I'm just gonna just gonna run down all the players that were there for the 350. Uh, Brute, Sean, Sam, Cyclone, Steve, Sharn, Max, Matt, Bob, Luke, Brian, Seneca, Wyatt, Ben, Ray, Scott. Um, again, it was a 16-person tournament. It was awesome. It was amazing. Um, I want to shout out a lot of my friends during the streaming because they, they kept me alive and asked me questions. Um, Bethards, Drew Bethards, Big Balls, we call him BB <laughs> around here. Uh, he was awesome. Topa, Topa was on the stream. James Topa, uh, thank you so much for being on the stream. Uh, Wiz, Wiz was awesome. Third bat, best bat. Kotax, um, he was on there. Joshua Jury. Gold, um, God, missing a ton more. I'm I'm trying to go through the chat here uh, just a little bit, but uh, you guys definitely definitely were able to uh, make uh, 
what I had going. Trying to stream. Chris Hesby, uh, Uncle Mark Tippett was on. He was there too. Um, and I know I'm missing a bunch more, and I'm sorry, but uh, I, I didn't do my due diligence. But uh, thank you guys for being in the chat, watching the stream, helping me out uh, with questions and and uh, strategies and stuff like that. It helped out a lot. So um, an, an interactive chat is always great for just one guy streaming uh, a tournament. Um, I want to thank all the all the. I don't do this, and I don't know why I don't do this, but one of these days I'm going to get the full Patreon list. I want to thank everyone who's who's uh, signed up for Patreon. Now, you guys who are on Patreon right now allowed us to do what we did the other weekend. Um, I know that we're just, you know, our Patreon is just like, it's just $3 a month. And, and we don't really say that we give anything out, but what, what it does allow us to do is it does allow us to go to places and buy equipment and and set up streaming opportunities like we did this whole weekend. Could not have done this without you guys. It helps um, us put, put that entertainment back into the community. Yeah, it, it, is, it is allowing us to up our... I mean, I guess entertainment value or or just our, our outreach to the community on even if you couldn't make it to the Battle Barn, you could have been there because uh, we were able to buy two new cameras and some tripods and some lights and some uh, uh, new stuff uh, to help make the streaming of Battletech better than just one camera overhead. And nobody can really see what's going on. Um, it's allowed us to do so much more. So I just want to thank all of our patrons. I know I'm going to get the list here one of these days. And, and I'm going to start attaching that to every single one of our our, uh, our um, podcast downloads. Because you guys, you guys need to get recognition just like everyone else does. Because you guys are the backbone of what we do right now. Um, you're allowing us to go to these places. You're allowing us to get this, this information out. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for what you do. I know it's a small dollar amount, but to us, it's huge. Um, it's it's it. I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to put into words, but um, I just I just thank you guys so much for doing what you do. I know it's a little, but in, in these times, um, a little goes a long way. And and hopefully, you guys are all seeing what what the Patreon is doing for us. Um, I also want to thank our sponsors. Uh, I know Andrew already did it, but without them, our, our swag is is incredible. Um, if people show up to a, to our events, and it's free, it's it's free. Our events are free, and you know we want to shower with you guys with as much as we can for for making the effort to show up and and playing games that we that we love. I mean, this 350 is kind of our, our little baby, and uh, you've all latched onto it and embraced it, and, and we just love you, love you guys for that. It's, it's, it's validation for us, but it's also uh, an extension to what battles it can be in the future. So um, thank you guys for all that stuff. So, um, Oh, I, I wanted to jump on and add just one more uh since I know he's never going to hear this, but I, I want to give a shout out to Andrew. 
um, because he did a ton of work ahead of time. He did a lot of prep. Um, you know, he did a lot of coordinating. He he really did a lot of work. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody did work except me. I just sat on airplanes. <laughs> but, um, but but he did a lot, you know, the terrain, the the setups, the preps, the planning. He did a lot of a lot of hard work, and I just really appreciate that from him. Um, and I think the that the, all the hard work that everybody did showed, and all the willingness that all you know, all the people who came to attend, you know, like it, it wouldn't have been much of an event if people would have shown up and then just stared at us and been like, "Dance for us," you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> the fact that people people walked in the door and they're like, so what's going on? And then they would find somebody to go play a game with, or they would find a corner to go talk about painting or, you know, whatever. But people, everybody that came through the door made something happen. So yeah, that, so to Andrew and everyone, thank you. That was, it, I could just go on and on. I could pull a coach and talk 20 minutes about that, but yeah, I, won't. I think, I think we all uh, definitely agree with that one. All right. Hey, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can be uh, directed to our WNRP at WolfsterGoons.com or YouTube at Discord, Patreon, or Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow. And we're out. There's no woof. There's no woof. <laughs> oh, we didn't woof. have him. Woof. There you go. <laughs> You were way too excited. It's that was way too extent. That was way too intense. <sighs> how about how about woof? Yep, that's it. Is that it? Go. That it? I got that's it. it. Oh fuck! Yeah. We don't. Cousins, we don't. Cousins, we don't need him anymore. Cousins count. Cousins count. <laughs> cousins count. <laughs>